right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here to my left, Mr. Icarito Neil Schuster. Good evening, Solly. It's good to be back. It's been a little a couple weeks for you, hasn't it? A couple weeks. Yep. Yeah. Good to fun, have you back. Uh, fun day watching golf. It was pouring down rain here, so it was easy to sit inside. We had a lot of weather interruptions to the telecast. Always a very bad timing here in Jacksonville. It seemed today. like it was always when Cantley, the ball was like <laughs> mid-roll, and you know, I really wanted Cantley to win to avoid the pouch of misery. From our weekly previews, but uh, you know, you cut in with that uh, action news update, baby. The storm is now 200 miles off the east coast. <laughs> Just wanted to update you guys and moving east. DJ Pie is here. Hey guys, how are you? We are uh, small field, weakest field in podcast history. It was a horrible. I didn't realize it was like a strength of field 144. I know that number doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. That like is like a fall series event. It's like a Really good Euro tour I had too. <laughs> the uh, the podcast will be back to great strength of field next week for Riviera though. Oh, this, yeah. this yeah, you know. next week's an invitational. Exactly. Uh, we'll have some I'm right. I'm right on the edge. I might have to Monday in. Everybody knows Randy takes Pebble Week off. Tron's you know Tron I think is playing over in Europe this week. You got because of Saudi. You got a couple of Chez Reeves up here, just <laughs> trying to grind out a good pod. These are potential life changing pod though for these guys. That, you know, it's, it's, it's true. Arguably more. In, it's it's more it's exciting. An opportunity maybe. for us to you know maybe maybe change our our careers right exactly. now. Exactly. Saudi has thrown a huge wrench in. The schedule totally just in general with you know the appearance fees so which is a shame this used to be one of the great pods every year <laughs> you got to spend some time with some great sponsors uh you know and and unfortunately that's it's just being gutted speaking of sponsors did you see what mav was club twirling in the uh, 18th fairway it was twirling I, too fast it was hard to read miss. it it was the uh the new uh cavity back utility iron that i think neil i don't i don't have the new one yet neil has the new one correct the x forged yes it it is uh from callaway of course from callaway and i love it I, the driving iron is awesome and it's uh it's just like a juiced up three three iron that you can you know hit off the tee so it kind of tipped me off to uh trying to sweep it off the tee and uh, from the fairway no problems getting that thing elevated he also had an epic speed driver and chrome soft golf ball. Uh, Akshay Batia also had a crazy hot start to the week. Hit all 18 greens on Thursday, shot 64. Uh, he used Apex MB irons uh, to hit those 18 greens and rolled on eight birdies with an Odyssey two ball prototype putter, which looks very familiar for those of you that are keeping an eye on the bag of John Rahm. Uh, I have a feeling that's not going to be a prototype for much longer. Um, Akshay is also using the Epic Speed driver uh, that he uses to hit the what I believe is referred to as the ham ball. Um, I don't know if <laughs> I that's did in see your that. Glossary. No, I actually did see his. Uh, I was checking on his Instagram page the other day, and his uh, he's got a ham ball video on there. It's basically just the Nuki boy. Okay, I was going to say it's, ask if you could translate it for it's us. This is from, it's, from the school of no, Yankees, no. I'll, right? I'll say this: it's not the it's not the Nuki boy. It's it's the Tyler Durden ball. It's, <laughs> I, want I want you to hit me as hard as you can. To hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, like I load up my weight on my back foot and then I just let it go. It's a, I, Akshay's swing is. It's really fun to watch. Awesome. It we'll, really we'll is. We'll get to Akshay. We'll okay. get there. He's got Jaws MD5 wedges, uh, 50, 54, 58 degree, and a Chrome Soft X golf ball. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him in a second. Let's let's you, get to Daniel Berger probably. Well, real quick, you mentioned Matt McNeely, fourth in strokes gained off the tee with that driver, up from T144 on mm. the season. So quite mm. a difference. Mm. He looked, he was like absolutely sending it. Mav's awesome. I was fun some, to watch. I have some Mav thoughts. We let's can get, get there. there. Yeah, let's, let's I do. I Daniel have some, Berger. some things. But yes, please. Daniel Berger plays the par fives in six under today, including an eagle on the last uh, to win by two shots. And an eagle on the second. 
Eagle on the second, um, which is not really that's not really a par five, but second. Looks like par five for Spieth this weekend. He he, he birdied it today. Uh, second in strokes gained T to green, eighteenth in putting this week. The, the big important question from Samuel Barry: Did Berger tarnish his legacy by mm. winning a tournament where he doesn't get a jacket as a prize? For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just for for background, two wins in Memphis, of course, comes with the seersucker jacket. A win at Colonial comes with the tartan jacket. Almost said plaid. Of course, it's tartan. He's got to get that heritage win. And uh, he needs to get a heritage. You win. You got to get a heritage exactly. win. That could that could help. I mean, it's all about kind of. Augusta would also be. Good. I was going to say. <laughs> well, you know, I think heritage comes first, and then Augusta. Right. Well, especially since he wasn't in Augusta in yeah. November. True. Which yes, yeah, I believe he's qualified for Augusta Which like now, six times yeah. over now for this time around. Yeah, he was 123rd in the world after this week last year. Did and we did we miss any jackets? Augusta uh, I'm heritage. Sure there's always a lot. Of, there's a lot of copycat stuff going on out there. I'm sure there's some. Can't more think World Golf Hall of Fame. Of course, you get a jacket. Oh, for the love of golf. For the love of golf, go. The tour Marvel at our treasures. The the gold, gold, I guess gold, gold jacket. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Green uh, jacket. Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, he was extremely, I mean, needless to say, extremely impressive today. It was a, it was a quiet 65, if I may say it so. It really was. He yeah. had a lot of lips today, it kind of felt like, too. He's yeah, no, only one bogey on eight, which, you know, I think just put himself in a bad spot. But other than that, I mean, he was just... It's pretty cruise control, man. He he's fun to watch. I, I think you know we'll probably get to the dog killer conversation, but he's a he's turned into a, a very big boy golfer. He's he is a he's putting some people in vacants out there. I, I was gonna say on I, the only place I th- I thought he might lose it was fifteen. He put himself in that bunker and then and then he lips out the bunker yeah. shot and then on sixteen and then rolled around in the sand. For <laughs> yeah, a that was that was interesting. And then he had to get the sand out of his hat, which was great stuff. Uh, but then sixteen, he kind of had like a really weird follow-through like it looked like he hit you know hooked it left I think it ended up in the rough a little bit but he was able to kind of make those saves and then 17 he you know he he lipped out a birdie there so it was like I thought maybe I was you know rooting for Cantlay and I was hoping that he might kind of come back to the field by a stroke and he just he kind of he was he was like losing the rig it was like hydroplaning and then you know, he like let his foot off the brake and like the tires snapped back in and he was good to go. He hit some cool ass shots. Yeah. Like he looks like he is a feeling his way around a golf course a lot more than just like hitting a bunch of stock shots. He was hitting a bunch of runners and he, I think at one point he had a, a ball run out like a hundred yards on either nine or ten. Uh at one point I think on Saturday. He he just looks like he's almost kind of Patrick Reedish finishes on some of the shots, like trying to shape some of them, trying to hold off shots and I think the wind kind of dictated a lot of that today. We saw a lot of that uh, with Spieth on Saturday too. Just it just looked like a golf tournament where it wasn't like, "Hey, hit it right here and do this." They can do this over again. It was kind of like, "All right, dude, you might you might be you might hit a two fifty five off of fourteen t today. Like, figure out a way to get this ball into the hole. Figure out a way to get it to not spin back on you." And he did that the best. I thought that was like an interesting test this week. That wasn't a. I guess coming from waste management, where it is like the prototypical like stock shot golf course, I'd say where he missed the cut, which is kind of random. Yeah, this this was awesome to, to yeah. just to watch like guys try to try to balance getting at some of those severe slopes on those greens. And that's what I think. I think the tour is probably at its best when it's moving around from venue to venue like that, and and it requires different styles of play at different types of places. You know what I mean? And that's where like this was wildly different than. Phoenix and it was awesome. Like it, and Phoenix was awesome too. It's yes. just I, I love seeing. Uh, I'm totally with you. I love seeing the uh, different types of play. Sally, to, to your point about the 
like hold off cut. I think the Tallahassee bunt cut <laughs> is what he was hitting out there. Which shout many, out to our friend Jay Revel in, in yeah, Tallahassee, in many Florida people, State man. Many people say in Tallahassee getting a uh, an NLU bump with straps. He's getting the strap know, bump, the strap was, bump. But I think that the Tallahassee bunt cut works. also Brooks won last week. I didn't yeah, even think about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> How so about that? The, uh, Chase the bunt, Seifert might might come in hot next week. The See, bunt cut to seems to Florida State work well at at uh, Who could say? at Pebble with the wind coming off the. You know, off the right, basically. So he's just holding that that fade ball up there, and that that's got to feel like such a safe shot on some of those holes. Like, oh well, man, he pumped one OB on eighteen Saturday. Like that's that was, true. Yeah, that like man, I I know these guys are. And good. then how about he tried to get a ruling where he had the he was he like, no, he's like, let's let's measure, let's 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 lay the line down. The guy's like, absolutely not, man. It's from the inside <laughs> of the marker. Like you're not even close, dog. I think he like saw the cameras there. It was like kind of maybe he thought about the internet memes coming from this. Like, eh, you know what? I'm good. That, that's yeah. OB. I, I know I these guys are good and all that shit and all that, but like how they bounce back from and all that pump, shit, yeah. pumping an OB, that would yeah. just derail me. Uh, I'd love to think that it wouldn't, but I don't know how. Uh, you go out and shoot 18 under a ball, pumping a ball o- OB. Like that is so impressive to me. You know what else is impressive? This is off the top of my head, math. I might have counted this wrong. Since this event last year, he's played 18 events. He's finished in the top 10 nine times. Yeah. He has been top five in like six and, of those probably. Yeah, a bunch of top fives, and even the ones that are outside the top ten are you know t twenty three, t seventeen, t twenty eight, t seventeen, twenty fifth, thirteenth. I mean, he's like he's been sneaky, outrageously good the past year, mm-hmm. and and probably you know I, I know he got a lot of run when he didn't get into the Masters, and everybody was kind of saying what a, an injustice that was. But yeah, that has continued to age well. He has been he's been really freaking good. He, I, I'm, I'd be interested to see the updated Ryder Cup standings. He was like 12th or 13th going into this week. Yeah, he, he seems like looks, a no-brainer. He looks pretty primed for it. Uh, Data Golf's got him as 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th best player in the world. I guess it's listed right there. I could have done that without counting. But uh, It's good, thir- good practice. Yeah, 13th best player in the world uh, just as far as strokes gain. So I got a, I got a great question that came from uh, Carlo Gambino. This was a late addition here to the, to the agenda. Why is it awesome when Spieth takes two minutes to hit a 100-yard shot because there's conversation, but when Berger takes 20 seconds to make a putt, it's practically murder? That's a great point. (laughs) I think because, yeah. It's good. (laughs) It just made me laugh. Yeah, that's... Well, because you're not really listening. There's no conversation. It's just like, yo, there's this guy standing behind me, and he's like, I'm like... I'm a vessel of him, it feels like. Like, yep, that's it right there. Okay, just close your eyes and, you know, make that same putting stroke that you've made, you know, 10,000 times. It doesn't feel, you know, Randy said on Twitter, the, the, like, I, okay, so I play the triple track and I think it's very helpful. This right? is a different conversation. The, the, okay. That, that is, this is, that's lining the ball up. We can talk about that. Yeah. I do want to talk about that. But don't, role. isn't that the 20 seconds it takes for him to, to make right. a putt with the caddy behind him? But so the issue here is the, the new rule. This is, uh, under, this is 10 dat, 10.2 B parentheses four. Super easy to follow. Uh, the previous prohibition is extended that, once the player begins taking a stance for the stroke and until the stroke is made, the player's caddy must not deliberately stand on or close to an extension of the line of play behind the ball for any reason. Basically, like your caddy can't line you up. But the way you can offset it is that if you back off of your stance, then you can re- then it's not a penalty and the caddy can get out of the way. How they're circumventing this rule is they're getting lined up with the label. He's addressing it with the marker down. Yeah, the marker's still down. And the caddy is being like, yep, you're good there. And then you pick up the coin, and then you back off, and then go into the putt. And, and it's like, 
just blowing through the spirit of the rule. Yeah. And you see it like when when you flip on coverage and like you see that, you're like, whoa, whoa, what's the caddy doing there? Because you can't do that. And, can't, then, and then you're like, oh my God, he's Mark still down. Right. Like it, it gets caught me off guard like two or three times in the last year where I'm like, hey, what's he doing? He can't do that. Oh, he's got his mark down still. Like he's, you know, technically not wrong, but I do think the spirit of it is is well, a tough scene a little bit. Listen to the reasons for change in the rule. This is listed on the USGA website. It's although a player may get advice from a caddy on the shot to be played, the line of play, and other similar manners, the ability to line up one's feet and body accurately to a target line is a fundamental skill of the game for which the player alone should be responsible. Yikes. Allowing a caddy <laughs> to stay that's written on there. Allowing a caddy to stand behind a player taking a stance so as to direct the player how to line up undermines the player's need to use his or her own alignment skills and judgment. We believe that an appropriate line is drawn between allowing advice from a caddy and prohibiting the caddy from being involved in directing the player in the act of taking a stance to play the ball. So mm, not good. Well, sure. Listen, surely you don't think the USGA should be allowed to tell the, these PJ Tour players what to do, right? Well, isn't that not. isn't that what we're going to be saying over and over and over for the next fucking five years as this distance stuff comes out? Stay on. Let's stay on <laughs> on topic here, no, Deej. Well, Come it's on. Kind of the same thing, but all right. It's listen. It's not good, and I would even throw greens greens reading books in here too. I mean, like that's well, they've addressed that. I mean, they've taken it. The greens reading books now are there's not much in there. It's it's small. Like Admittedly, it's, I haven't seen one in a while. I guess. It's I but, mean, it used to be the huge, like yeah. the super detailed stuff. It's really now it's like a few numbers on there. So if you're in the fairway, it makes a lot of sense to be yeah. like, okay, there's slopes here. This is the percent. It's probably not going to feed back. But you don't see guys really studying them in too much detail, too much on the. And you can't use distance. a compass anymore as well. You can use a compass. I thought they outlawed that because of Bryson. protractor. Oh right, protractor. <laughs> that's what. Sorry, that was, that's what I was looking for. Protractor. Uh, I, I, so let me ask you this. Do you think that the the debate should go, you know, you see a little chatter on Twitter about how lines should come off golf balls. Do you think that it is that the issue or is it do you get rid of the caddy being able to line them up? Like where do you stop on the – if you were going to adjust the rule, I yeah. guess. It's a tough one to enforce, right? Like how do you – Like the line things, they've been – labels and lines have been on – guys have been using right. those for years and years, right? And, and that's not – I don't know. Maybe it's not blatantly offensive to me to see that. Here's my question to Daniel Berger. Do you, is your caddy helping you line up? Right. And he is a straight shooter. He would tell you, yes, he yeah. is. Like, that is literally what they're doing by doing it. So just this whole default of backing, like, you can back off the stance and then get back into it, yet, you know, is the, how you avoid the rule. So, again, right. he's technically not breaking a rule. But your line on your ball is not moving. The line on your putter is not moving. This exactly. Al- this yeah. almost feels like a uh, golf version of the balk. Like, you can't step <laughs> – at some point, yeah. you can't step off or yes, you're going to yeah. – you know, or you're walking the guy, right? Like, no, you, you, you're you too far down the routine. You're too – you're already in the setup. Can't do that. But that's where I just don't know how they're – I don't know how you write that rule to – I don't know how you police that, I guess. I mean – well, Other than just being like, hey, man, you're – come like, on. You're like, being a dick. It. Like, that's against the rule. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I don't really know how you – Is your caddy lining you up? Like, because that's a, a question a rules official could ask yeah. Daniel Berger. And I don't know if the routine changed today or if the way CBS addressed how they were showing like his shots. cutting it a little tighter. Cut it tighter. But I know he lined up at one point without his ball down today. And I wonder if somebody – Said something to him in between the round. I don't recall I seeing it today. It, right? I, don't I didn't know. see it as yesterday is when I yes. saw it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, like that's it's tough optics a little bit. Um, the optics are bad. The optics are bad. They're not good. So I don't know. It's just, I, but I, I will say this about Berger: I do like watching him because he's got a unique swing. Oh, like just awesome. yeah. straight up, yeah. it's like we need. I, I've been on the record as saying, I wish there were more unique swings in golf. Kind of, I was saying that about Akshay earlier. It just like kind of draws you in. 
So I don't want to. He spins the shit out of the ball, by I the know. way. Like, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Which is even more impressive to win on like a windy, you know, yeah. golf course. It's kind of looked like almost soft in spots, firm in spots. You know, he's trying to trying to really, that's that's a massive other factor that and, he's, and he's working with. Well, also to address Mr. Gambino's original question, <laughs> I think that the reason that Berger, other than the obvious bad optics that Berger, like we, everyone's up in arms is, the, the conversation Spieth is taking two minutes to have is interesting. Yes. It's like an interesting story you're following. You're like, man, he's disagreeing with Greller again. Why is he doing that? Ah, you know, like when he came up short, I think it was on 14 or 15. 14, that was uh, On 14, awful. right? And it's like he just overrules Greller, and then you're like, why'd you do that? You know, it just adds so much context yes. to like Spieth, man. You just got to get – you're overthinking it. Stop that. And I'm of the opinion, and feel free to disagree with this if you guys feel differently, but slow play issues in golf don't come from fairway shots. It is, it's what happens on the green. Holding right. out, taking three people to hold out takes so long in tournament golf. Well, yeah. I, I would have one adjustment to that. It, slow play is not a factor if guys aren't starting their, you know, their J.B. Holmes routine like until the other guys hit. Yes. Like start while the other guy's hitting, like, dude, go through your yardage book. Yeah, be ready. Be ready to play, yeah. right? So that I think that is a factor a little bit from the fairway. But you're right. Like on the greens is where it gets it gets ugly. It's harder to be ready on the green. Yeah. Because you can't get your ball down. You can't like be, you know, you can't be walking in people's line and stuff. So that's where I think like, you know, people lining up on the putting green is only gonna slow things down more. And uh, just I just feel like that rule needs to be looked at a little bit. And I think it has to do with that resetting. I don't think you should get a pass, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, step off of it and then get back in your stance and get a pass on it. If it's if if it is proven to have been circumvented like this, yeah. So, before we talk speed, it's not quite time for uh, the madness that is college basketball in March. That doesn't mean the fun is going to have to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to win one hundred dollars. You guys following? Mm. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. How about that? You following that? Yeah, I'd like to define what make it rain means, but we maybe we get Just into the fine to make a three-pointer. You cash $100 if you make one three-pointer. Yeah, if your team makes one three-pointer. Bet $1 on it. That's I, 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 believe, I, I believe I spelled that out as simply as we could. Uh, it sounds like a no-brainer. This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever, so head to the App Store now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and get in on the action. And if basketball's not for you, they've got daily odds on hockey, soccer, and a lot more. we got some DraftKings stuff we're going to have to address this week, uh, which yeah. TC is not here to discuss, so we're not going to— Regulatory uh, issues coming down. We're not going to air it out. But uh, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012— uh, they know a thing or two about big paydays, and they actually pay out, which is different than a lot of places where I've tried to get my money off the internet. <laughs> uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code NLU to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code NLU for new customers to get a shot at the 100-to-1 odds on any team to hit a three-point shot only at the DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. And scene. I'd, I'd like to see each other. No, one I can't do it. Again. No, they since they added no, the Virginia. Yeah, there's too many states coming up. They added the Virginia. I, I it's know. impossible. I, I think it's no like man when you go through it. the tunnel, like the Eisenhower tunnel <laughs> in Colorado, and you know you're not going to make it, but I'd like to yeah. see you try. <gasps> uh, before we move on from Burger, just because I feel like, you know, 
the, the way we're trending here, the guy's definitely a big-time player who's probably going to be involved in the majors, team events, all that stuff. I feel like we need to address the question, dog, killer, both, neither. Where, where are you guys at here? I think I'm, I'm killer. I, he really seems like it. Four He's, wins is a and, lot of wins. Killer, I, I, would, I would actually tailor it more. Lingering or loitering? Certainly loitering. He's like, always loitering. When he's on the board, he's loitering. The, the convenience store owner went in to take, you know, go to the bathroom, and he's like, "That's my opportunity. I'm taking the cash, baby." Like he sees it and he goes, and I like that. So he, he hits the hole hard. He does. He certainly does. There's no hesitation. Um, I think he's a dog. At least bare minimum dog. Definitely. Yes, obviously, I, I, I killer is a huge, huge bar to clear, and I don't know if there are any killers out there. So that's interesting. The cat was one, but obviously. Well, but Webb. Webb's definitely a killer. Webb might be a killer. Yeah. Webb's certainly a killer. Brooks? No? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Jim. <laughs> Brooks, Brooks, not a dog, but might be a killer. I could get on board with that. Yeah. That's provocative. Yeah. Brooks just totally takes weeks off like, and, and just ships it in, yet comes out of nowhere. Not comes out of nowhere, but like... We'll come and just snatch it from there's, you. Like, there's, you didn't have a oh, shot. There's guys like, you know, the people that, like, they don't look scary, but they'll kill you, you know? <laughs> of course. Right? Yeah. Like, and I, I feel like, like, Burger's got a little bit of that going, where you're like, oh, yeah, maybe, like, I'm not thinking, like, I'm not thinking about him as, like, oh, he's the favorite or, you know, but maybe I should be. But then again, you're like, man, that, this guy can come. If he's around on Sunday, he's definitely not scared to, you know. You're not leaving your car he's unlocked not scared when he's, to, when he's quote, execute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, Totally. I wish I mean this is, listen a, a common refrain in the in the world of golf but I wish we uh I wish we knew more about Berger. Wish we had more yeah. of a feel for his personality. I haven't spent any time with him. He came the last year I was working at the tour, he came and did like a uh we had like a big all hands like employee, you know, summit sort of thing and there were a couple of young guys there and Berger was one of them and he just did this panel and he was like super engaging and funny and uh, you just don't ever get any of that on the telecast, I feel like. You know, it was kind of him, like, rolling back in the bunker was the the first reminder of I've had of, like, oh, this guy's, like, kind of playful and, like, you know, not quite as as uh, well, nobody's his, home, his which is kind of the vibe you get when he's locked into competition, you know? Yeah, and to that point, like, his post-round interview, when a man asked him, like, what do you think of this putt on 18? He's like, that's the best putt I've ever, I've ever <laughs> <Yeah>. heard. Like, <laughs> I like an answer like exactly. that. It's like, yeah, it's man, great. like, declare it. That's great. And he, listen, obviously, we've it's well-documented. He's vibing down, yeah, in, he's certainly vibing down in South Florida. So, I, yeah, listen, Daniel Berger, if you're listening, come on the pod. We'd well, love they, would love to hear more or, from or, you. Or, like, could we come vibe with you? Or, like, or can I we come vibe? I would love to vibe. Well, I he's vibe got the whole, a lot. He's got the whole fleet of boats down there. Yeah. I don't know if you're, if you're deep in his Instagram, but it's, it's outstanding stuff. Oh, God, I'd love to vibe. Yeah. So some interesting stuff. I don't know if, it, if this uh, you know helps with the discussion on dog or killer. So two of his wins, the Schwab this year and the 2017 FedEx, he started the the final round T7 and T9. So kind of like he's a, he goes and gets came it. up out of nowhere. And I and thought that was impossible. You told me that's impossible with me now. Just just <laughs> completely, <laughs> you can't uh, do misapply. it. Nobody can do it. It's completely impossible. misapplied. There's too many other good players in the field. It's not fair. <laughs> You don't you don't want to hear like the what data the, says the you data said though this is what it said can't help but notice sorry Sally, Tony also didn't win this week so. you don't want to hear like what they think on uh, what is actually like 
<laughs> that he didn't deserve it. Basically, the numbers would show, but you don't want to hear that. So, um, yeah, but he's vibing. I think they, he would, the, the models I, don't account for vibing. That's true. Yes, they don't have. <laughs> that's they a great don't, point. They and don't I, have a vibe calculator. And I think he would respectfully reply, "Tell me how my ass tastes," <laughs> as I go cash this check. The fourth one you're, of them. You're trying to get me to make an argument that I'm not even making right now. Like you're just. Just shoehorning oh my anger. God. I just think with everything you've had on the line with Finau, <laughs> he could have shown up this week at a historically weak field and tried to get his two wins before the end of the West Coast and he didn't even show up. Yeah, he I went hate, to Saudi. I hate that for you. He went to Saudi. And now the bet's over. It's bet's not over. Yeah. No. But you said end before the, the end of the West Coast. Well, he's got one more week. So yeah. that's it. So he had to win twice. He had to so, win twice. Yeah, and that's tough. think about it. Concession. Oh, get the fuck out of here. I, we cleared this on wait, the line. Would, yes. would Mexico City be considered West Coast? The WGC Mexico was considered on the West Coast swing because oh it's before you come to East. We I asked about this. Well, on I wasn't the listening, to and be you, fair. <laughs> to be fair, I obviously wasn't listening so, the way you're so, saying. So basically, Fino has to win the next two. All right. So fine. Fino is, is Dormy. Correct. Or, or would the field be Dormy? No, the I'm field dormy. Were, no, yeah. No, it's the people that are up are Dormy. No, the people are people are down are Dormy. Down are Dormy. Okay. Right? Uh, who could say? <laughs> no, I thought I. I think if you're losing, you're Dormy. No, no, I think it's the other way around. Where the I, I remember someone corrected me on this. I think okay. if you're down, don't remember it too well, but you do remember somebody correcting. Yeah, me on this. I, well, I know that Dormy is either up or down. <laughs> <laughs> that, that we can for sure. Agree we can on. for sure say. So you know, and somehow is it's got to win the next two. I got a question for you from uh, Buzzed Light Beer. Yeah, I got a question. Why is Spieth so ass? Come on, Buzz. Oh, come on. That's on Buzz. Wildly unfair, Buzz. Get out of here, Buzz. T three finish. Yeah. What? What did Speed finish last week? Officially, T four. T four. Yeah. If we, if if T four, T three. Yeah. If you were offered that, what would your reaction? Hundred percent. I, I would. As I said today, uh, I was. I was saying. So all of a sudden, you're into top five finishes now. <laughs> yeah. When you've been in when, the, it, when it works for you. When you've been in the wilderness for four years. Yeah. I, this is a sign of life. If he goes and do, let me let me tell you this, Ollie. If he goes and does this thirty-five times in a row, I'd say yeah, there's an issue. But two, listen, that's fine. He's trending. He's trending now. Yeah, if he does it thirty-six times, it, it could be it. it. Could be, you know, hey, come on, man. Like we got to make the next. You're making step. me look bad, gotta, man. Come you on, you got to take the next step, Jordan. Also, he's just he's killed countless people already. So yes. he's, he has like a, he's a, literally a hall of famer already. He has a, a, a huge pass. No, I'm not seeing so, it. That's all great. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. Uh, this, the putter actually let Jordan down a little bit this week. He barely, he is barely in the positives in strokes game putting, 42nd for Which the week. hard because the greens are also kind of ass, right? Like I feel like they every, are, everything it, gets kind of leveled out. But it seems like it's been smoke and mirrors, or I guess that was the feedback from last week was that, you know, he kind of hit it like ass off the tee and just the putter saved him, which is we've covered why that's not always the case. And his iron play is spectacular. I think it was good, good again this week, 10th Ten, strokes tenth game. This week, yeah. Some ass wedges today. A lot of ass talk in this, in this <laughs> talk, but he really had some bad wedges today. 14. Greller just, that was. 16. 16 was. 16 oh, was I a thought really that was going to get to the hole. You know, he's afterward. It's always great hearing his commentary of like what he thought. And then at, there was a moment, I think it was Friday, middle of the round, they had, they had a close up on him and Greller. And there was something about it that made me laugh where. You could see it, you couldn't hear what Jordan was saying, but you could just see he was like making his case to Greller about like you know like the classic like I thought it was going to do this and this is why I did that and Greller was kind of naughty, kind of like the Alonzo morning gif nod going where it was just like <laughs> list like you could tell he was probably like God why did we do that and now he's like 
it's like Jordan convinced he like he he makes his case and Grouse like all right I'm down you know it's it's fun to watch that play out basically every hole. There's a great clip from the British Open like uh, UK British Open presented by Her Majesty uh, like in 2017 or something like that uh, where Bones like Bones and Phil are on the tee and uh, Phil just like I'm thinking driver. And just like eight seconds of silence, like Bones just doesn't say anything because mm. mm. he can't use his veto internationally. Right. We know that, of course. But yeah, the I hate like overly critiquing literally the best players in the world and decision making when it you know comes under the gun. But the he made the amateur mistake on fourteen two days in a row, which is like uphill into the wind, like do not try to murder less club and throw it, put more spin on it, get it more up in the air into a green that's not going to hold it anyways. Right. Like it was not a hard decision to be made there, like to force, to try to force that in there. It was two days in a row. Is that right? Did he do, do I have that? Yeah, he bogeyed 14 two days in a row and finished three shots back. How about that? And bogeyed two yesterday. That was tough. Yeah. Would like to have those back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know 14. And also is, had two hole outs, so, you know. Might have been a little closer than it should have been, too. It's like, it seems like Jordan, as someone who has issues with typos, it seems like Jordan sometimes has issues with just like (laughs) overlooking easy typos. It's like, dude, you did all the hard work. Like, you hold out for the fairway. You're hitting hitting such good shots. Like, just don't, like, don't use there instead of there. You know, like, just don't do that. Like, it's, you know, just proofread before it goes out. Like, why do you keep doing that? I have this issue. Why do you keep doing that, Neil? It's like, speed. Don't make those mistakes. It's not that hard. He was getting ready to hit that five-footer on two on Saturday for par. Um, and, and you can't, like, get this out in Twitter in time for it to be, like, a fair, like, prediction. But I was I literally called my wife and was like, honey, he's not going to hit the hole. Like, watch. <laughs> I, I need somebody to document, like, that I'm calling this, but he's not going to hit the hole here. And it did not hit the hole. I just – you could just almost sense it. You know? Which I thought they did a good job on the telecast of, of – kind of up playing that this this week of just how outrageous some of those short putts are at Pebble. Yes. Which is like, dude, four footers, you're just outside the hole constantly. Like, God, that has to... I think we saw that with Nate Lashley, right? Where It's yeah. like, I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, man, I bet that just wears on you by the yeah. end of the weekend. I'm like, oh, yeah, right, 16, where he just, you know, nine putts from, from four feet. Well, that's where Pebble has <laughs> like... taken off his shoes. It's got serious... Song. You see that? like a, It's like a Muni vibe, right? Yeah. There's two things out there that I, I always notice is the small greens and the high rough always lead to these short-sided downhill chips where the guy's just trying to like quickly chop at it, you know, and like just, it, they know they're not going to stop it. It's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. You know, like you can just feel the tension when they're chipping short-sided. And then the side hill putts are breaking to the ocean. It's like, oh my, you can just, like on 18 yesterday, when they're all, that that front right pin, and they're all like, Paul Casey was lined up like 45 degrees over here. And it just, you know, it's just the, the Pacific's just pulling it. And that's, that feels like a, a bit of a muni vibe in a way with that kind of slope on those tiny greens. With the wind and the small greens and everything you're saying, like what a what a harrowing place to be in contention. Yeah. Right, which is why it's kind of interesting that like when they flash that, um, you know, qu- questionably useful graphic about the past winners and their FedEx Cup finish uh, <laughs> by the end of the season, some not so great players win out there, which is kind of interesting in that, in that uh, perspective. You know what I mean? Like there's... But then gotta, there's also the argument really of like... Sack up. Just... Like just it's class like be be below the hole you know like yeah. hit or just the greens are so small aim at the center kind of you know like there's a ways I think there's ways to really keep yourself in check if you're if you're vibing, which that's what I was gonna say one of the things I appreciated the most this week watching was, you know small greens are not always my favorite but when you have them 
infrequently on the PJ Tour. It's kind of fun to see how they deal with it. And like number seven, they did a great job of explaining this today on the telecast too, where seven's such a good example where that wind is howling, the pin's all the way back, you're hitting downhill, you're hitting a little wedge, like you're going to either, unless you hit it perfect, you're either going to hit it at pin high and zip it back to the front, or you're going to hit it, it's going to one hop into that back shit and you have just a horrible little chip shot. I mean, it was just, it's so cool to see those guys. And then Nate Lashley steps up and hits it to, you know, three inches. Like it, it's really cool to see, especially when they can kind of articulate exactly why it's so hard. I thought that was awesome. The small greens combined with the slope make yeah. it so interesting. 11 is always really interesting to watch. Like you can get it close on 11, but that is a tough, no matter where you are, yeah. that's a hard putt. Totally. I don't, I don't remember. Seeing, seeing where they were landing some of those uh, little, scooty wedges into 10 today where they were all driving it so far up there and like that yeah. one can't lay hit he had to land it like 10 yards short of the green like that was it pebbles awesome i i four well, was been a really fun hole yeah. to watch yeah all I, they're like oh is it, it's not as good as it could be like yeah well it's still pretty cool man come on the drones were cool the camera shots were cool it's it's listen it was great it's especially big, with no celebrities it was it was fun it was, to watch uh, best big, display no yeah. celebrities helped big boy coastline so Big boy, big boy coastline, yeah. NC seventeen stuff. It's about a lot more than golf out there. It is. It's it's good stuff. It is. And I don't know if this is the time to transition into this, but uh, it is the for the amateur for the people at home watching on TV. And I know DJ, you've been several times. You can speak to how important the celebrity aspect is to the on on in person vibe to that course, that tournament. The celebrities are one hundred percent not necessary for the for the viewer at home. Like that, I enjoyed Pebble Beach Pro Am with one of the worst fields it's ever had. The most I've ever had this year. Oh yeah, no doubt. As a television viewer, do you, would you guys would you agree, Neil? I would. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it forced them to talk about the course more. Yes, and well, like one of the world's great golf courses. Yeah. Like we're not. It, it does not. That tournament just doesn't need all of that. I know there's a lot of reasons, and it's the his, historic reason as to why they do that. But the tournament itself does not need that. If you're if we're trying to make a TV entertainment, product. I, I would say the missing piece for me. I still know nothing about Spyglass. Yeah. And That's it's a like great point. if there was no celebrities this year, I kind of was hoping I'd see a little bit. It's always just like, okay, so over at Spyglass, but they, they they spend no time with the drones over there for obvious reasons. It's not as exciting, but maybe this year was a time to really feature that course and tell me why those first six holes are incredible, you yeah. know, allegedly from what I've heard. Yeah. I've Spyglass never been there, never sweet. seen it, you know, and it's like, I don't know anything about it yet. It's the scoring average is like, what, a shot or two higher than Pebble, which to an act like a, probably a, casual golf fan they'd be like how is that possible right. like why why wouldn't the course on the ocean with like the one that's rated higher but be i've harder? heard of pebble beach it must be yeah. so much harder exactly yeah. like well tell me why like yeah. that's a perfect opportunity so and i would echo that with uh monterey peninsula shore course that they're usually at as well but uh if, if they really are as hamstrung on so much of this production stuff as they claim to be like i don't need them I, i'm with you i'd love more on spyglass but like i don't know if i'm taking away resources from pebble sure. like they're not really that good at covering one golf course week to week. Like asking them to be good at covering multiple, I I, I kind of give them a, a pass there. But yeah. I was just saying if they needed yeah. if they needed something to fill the the airtime without showing Brady and Belichick. It's like okay, well why which, don't you take which don't I don't think have they a did. Couple of, we'll have some set pieces. Yeah. We're like hey, here's like especially Thursday Friday. I mean, right? I you know I I guess there's plenty to show <laughs> you yeah. just show golf too. But like <laughs> I don't know some of those good examples. Some of those course flyovers they do like the digital ones. Like they could, I feel like for Spyglass, like that's not, 
you know, not that you, you can do those that, yeah. months in advance. Months in advance. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like a, an easy layup. The one they did love, on 10 was awesome. Yeah. Love seeing you get in the coverage take game, Neil. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> Observation, not really a <laughs> Well, circling back to the celebrity aspect, I, I would echo a lot of what we said about the, the season opener on the LPGA, where I, I think I threw out something on Twitter about this, but it's like, I think one of the big disconnects with this comes from kind of golf's uh, definition of celebrity. And... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like there, there are people like Bill Murray. No matter what we say about him on this podcast, is a legitimate celebrity, true famous guy, a true famous guy. <laughs> There's not that many of them in in the field. Yeah, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. You know, sure, kind of famous. Dude, are might, people tuning in to watch him you play might golf? Get the millennials. I don't think you might so. Get the millennials. And so, him. so that's where I struggle. Is it has to go one of two ways? Where it seems like way number one would be. Do all your celebrity stuff, blow it out until Saturday, and just take over the Saturday telecast like you have for 60 years and shove the celebrities down our throats. That's fine. And then Sunday, like focus on the golf, you know, with the best players in the world on one of the best viewing courses in the world. Or, which would be much, much harder, like get much bigger celebrities, right? And, but just like being stuck in the middle is just, that's where it feels like everybody loses, except for, the people who are on site, like, oh my God, this is the best. It's Macklemore. Oh, my he's, he's, he's dancing been, around. Oh, it's the, he's doing the Carlton. I think you've been, oh, I've been to that it. event twice where I lived out in San Francisco, and there is something to be said for it. It, it is fun to see, to just wander around Pebble Beach and be like, yo, check it out. Like, oh, it's Ray Romano. It's no, it's like, oh, it's Tom Brady, a Don <laughs> yeah. Cheadle. Yeah, yeah, God, I love Ocean's Eleven. You know, like you just, as a, as a person on site, that is great. But I agree with you on. All pro-am should just finish on Saturday. Yeah. That seems like such a layup, right? And then you make it about the pro-golf competition. This is a professional golf tournament. And Have they do dial Sunday. back the coverage of the AMs on Sunday a ton compared yeah. to Saturday. But, like, whatever that was that one year, they had, they like had the amateurs in the booth and stuff, like, dissecting <laughs> their swings, and there was a near mutiny. And I think they kind of got the hint of, like, yo, we cannot kind of continue on that path. But anyways, I just think that – a combination of the drone shots and, you know, the actual focus on the golf tournament and feeling like I, you know, when a hole is coming up, I'm kind of knowing how balls are going to spin near it. Yeah. I kind of know what's what's happening. It had a lot better rhythm to it, and I enjoyed the tournament a lot more. But uh, closing so, up. Well, I would say, because we're talking about the course now or, or the tournament, there was a question out there that I saw from uh, from Donnie. Don, Don Tello. Perhaps a question that could be tackled on the pod tonight. Why is it so difficult for the tour to get a good field at Pebble? One of the most iconic courses in the country, and they can't get a single top 10 player, which I think is a fair question. It's a fair question. Super fair question. Unfortunately, it's an extremely easy question because I'm going to read off uh, some some numbers for you here, okay? So we don't have the full access to the numbers at the Saudi uh, Invitational, but for what the person, what what the guys are getting to be to, be, to play there. Dustin, you can be assured that Dustin Do you Jones think they is, get paid to go play that? I would have to guess so. <laughs> Jason really? Kokrak got $300,000 or something like that. So, yeah, there's a shit ton God, of money. He, he, Did he, win? Him. Yeah. he blocked him. He blocked him and he got 300 k I was going to make a joke. Here's his oh, better. Yes. I'm glad I stood down. <laughs> so, there's that. There's waste management the week before, which is a popular tournament. How um, can you skip waste management? You can't skip that one. Come on. So, not only you can't do Farmers, Saudi, Pebble Beach, because this is also what's coming up next. The Gen- Farmers, you can't skip that one. The Genesis you know? Invitational. The, Seen it. Can't, skip, it. can't skip that. WGC uh, at concession used to be Mexico. 
the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, and the Players' Championship. Now I'm going to give you some numbers that go with that. The purse for the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, $7.8 million. Sounds like a lot, right? Sure. The purse at the Genesis Invitational, $9.3 million. The Elevated pur- event. The purse at the WGC, $10.5 million no-cut event. The next one, Arnold Palmer Invitational, $9.3 million. Elevated event. The next one, the Players' Championship, purse, $15 million. God. Uh, the next week That's is so Honda, much. which is you're, we're going to have the same conversation for Honda because nobody plays that. Nobody That's, play the event. That's a $7 million event. And then following that, it's another WGC for 10.5. And then we have Valero back at 7.7. And then we're at the Masters. Yeah. I was talking to Tron about this. I remember talking about this. It had to be a couple of years ago on the pod now where I don't know what the answer is. And this has to be an extremely, extremely hard job. But it just feels like the schedule has to feel like whack-a-mole for Monaghan and the PJ tour of just like putting out fires. And if you, even if you go back a couple of years, it's like, Hey man, like what the fuck? Why is nobody playing Bay Hill? Like this is, this is supposed to be a great event. Ah, shit. Okay. You are now you're, you're an elevated event. We're going to, we're yeah. going to make you elevated. Well, what about Memorial? Or are you're elevating Jack? Why are you not elevated? Okay. That's that. Yeah. That's elevated too. Well, what about Riviera? Tiger's going to do it. Okay. All right, that's elevated. Yeah. Uh, what else? What, what? Who else is upset? Uh, well, fall series. Nobody's playing our events. Okay, cool. Uh, FedEx Cup goes all around the season now. It's 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 a wraparound season. Okay, uh, WGCs. We need those. All right, bigger purses. Uh, players. Okay, we need bigger purses there. Now it's going to be AT and T being like, hey, we sponsor two events. We're in like an official marketing partner, and we have two horrible fields. What's going on? So it's like well, they know, need to. It's like somebody there's that, the next mold away. Wants a know? raise. They need to go like threaten to get another job. And that's what I mean. Like, all right, all right, you guys are into. But it. You see it with like the playoff events. You see it with like it's yeah, it's everywhere now. It, I, it's that's got to be really hard to figure out having, how to having the invitational the following week and that almost becoming like you know you don't want to let Tiger down. The yeah. money money obviously is a bigger factor, but kind of like when Arnold was around for the Bay Hill, like no one's gonna no one wants to skip Arnie's tournament. Is a is you know felt like it was a huge factor for these guys, but I'd also say I feel like Pebble for these guys is maybe overexposed because it gets the U.S. Opens. It feels like there's a lot of golf played there, right? So it almost like for everyone else, like how could you skip Pebble? Like what a what a bucket list course. It's like ah well, you know they probably played like a college tournament there, and it, you know it feels yeah, right. like it's just kind of always on the calendar. Definitely for this tournament, but even twice, you know, with U.S. Opens and stuff. Pros don't skip tournaments because they, they don't play tournaments because of how great a golf course is in terms of ranking or whatever. They play they they play them based on how great the golf courses are for their game. Like pros are not that impressed to play sure. Pebble Beach in a in a golf tournament like they get to play, you know, the Masters, you know, the guys that play the Masters every year, the guys that play all the like they're. Literally just 20 years of playing the most amazing golf courses in the world. So it's not a thrill to go play in the Pebble Beach Pro, especially when it's going to be six-hour rounds and, like, what they've had to deal with. And also kind of cold. Kind of cold. And when there's just surround, I mean, the Saudi thing yeah. is is seriously throws a huge twelve to six curveball yeah. in the the way like the winner kind of plays out for so many people because it's this crazy run of of events here coming up. That's eleven times. I think it's eleven time zones away. Saudi Arabia. Like Phil, how did Phil look uh, coming off that? God, I had week? it at the end of the pod. I'll just say it now. It was my hate to see it moment of the week. <laughs> Phil finishing out with his glove on, you know, it's just like, yo, brother, I've been there, you know, like driver off the deck into the ocean. Yeah, just put me down for a nine. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me, hold on. Let me go tap this in from 12 feet. 
like with my glove on. That what, was awesome. What would you have back there? I don't know, man. Who knows? Who cares? I don't know. Equitable stroke control. You tell me. <laughs> Just give me so, a double. Yeah. So related to this discussion, <laughs> I want to know what waste management and Pebble Beach, who I think get the hardest hit by this, and, and, and to a lesser extent, farmers, like what they have to say about like top PGA Tour pros who are not European Tour members going over for a week and playing Saudi Arabia and weakening the fields of all three of those events and how that works with the strategic alliance and PGA Tour memberships and waivers that need to be signed so they can go do that. And I, I would be asking some questions if I'm well, running those also, tournaments. Also, do you like, think Yo! this leads to more turn European Tour events doing the appearance fees? If it, if like Because the no, PGA, I mean, I the PGA event just can't do it. Right, like you, like what is try. It? Yeah, so Abu Dhabi, Dubai, yeah. and Saudi, which Saudi seems to be putting up the most money from what it seems like from a field perspective. I mean, it's not hard to kind of figure out follow the money for these things on yeah. how the fields get made. But uh, also look at the field at the RBC Heritage and see if there's any. Uh, so does that? Team RBC but I guess what I'm saying, and, you know, does that start an arms race among Euro Tour events where more? Like now, it's like oh, clearly working for Saudi Arabia. Like why don't we do it? But I think it, it is a balancing act with as much as we dump on the FedEx Cup and make fun of it. I mean, it, it comes to a point in the year where you actually do have to, because you, know, you do have to make some points over here and do all that stuff over here. And so I, I think for the tip top guys, obviously they usually are taken care of, but for those guys, the, the co-cracks, if you mm -hmm. will, you know, I think you probably take your one or two big ass paychecks if you can get them early part of the year. And then I don't think they're going over there in, you know, April, May, June. Putting a bow on Spieth, which we kind of got to uh, detract a little bit. Taylor Stout says, what do you think Jordan's best f uh, major finish is and where is it? I mean, he's going to win the Masters, Masters right? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I, mean, um, I think Cantley's going to win the Masters. I don't Speaking think of Cantley, let's talk about your boy. Uh, Treadstone operative guy. Treadstone. I was, I was, I had my, I told you, Burger's taking people out. Dude, man. I had an itchy <laughs> you kicked him out the finger. window at the, at the last. Burger's <laughs> got some Treadstone vibes too, for sure. Like someone made the call to, to Burger. No, Burger's uh, like the spy who just like, you know, I, I don't know, you know, all kinds of weird things fall his way and he just happens to <laughs> knock the assassin off and he smiles at the camera, you know? Uh, what? I, <laughs> that that made, it think, makes more sense. In I my really head. want it. No, maybe, maybe Cantlay. He's like the likable, right. he's like the likeable uh, protagonist. So Cantlay, you know? the fact that he keeps coming up short cements his treadstone uh, status, right? Because, you know, Bourne always wins. Like, it's always a great fight and you're like, dude, I don't want to see that guy in a dark alley, but like, he ends up, you know, Jason Bourne comes out on top. Get some flesh wounds in there. Burger might be, and I wanted to, I wanted to elevate Cantlay to jackal status, but Burger <laughs> might be the jackal, where he's just like this loner. You're like, what, what, how, where'd this? He's just vibing. Like this guy, he's unstoppable. He's crossing borders with fake passports. What's he doing? So he's just taking people out. But Cantlay <laughs> couldn't make. Basically, let me get off the digression. Cantlay couldn't make a putt on the back nine. Which period is, point blank. So that's how it felt to me, and I know I said that earlier. Uh, he putted remarkably well, except for Saturday, which is crazy, at least as far as the stats well, he, go. He, he started off hot today, yeah. and then when he made the turn, he just he couldn't get anything to drop, and he was kind of outside. You said earlier he, he kind of has some Hideki vibes where— It just oh, seems like he should birdie every hole the but way he, he, the he, way yeah, he, he actually it. makes the inside 10-foot yeah. putts, whereas yeah. Hideki doesn't. I was going to say, let's, let's be careful with yeah. the Hideki, uh, Hideki putting analogies here. So, um, so today— he lost 0.75 shots on the back nine putting. Yesterday, he lost 2.2. Uh, so, like, while you're coming into the premium viewing windows, he he gave away three shots on the greens coming in to the field, not just to the leaders, and uh, that that pretty much cost him the tournament. But overall, good putting week. So Yeah. And, um, Deej, you said it, too. It's crazy that he shot 10 under on uh, <laughs> Thursday and didn't even lead the field in putting. That's, that's wild. He was fourth. You said it yesterday, I think, um, 
It is jarring to see Cantlay. It looks like he's swinging like 80 miles an hour, and the ball he's carrying just, it like 302 in the cold. That's you know, Chris, especially for a guy with a you know back issues. Chris just, Kirk vibes. I don't know where the speed comes from. Yeah. I don't know how he does it, but it, it's his smash. He it's might interesting have, to watch. I know the smash factor can't go above 1.5, <laughs> but his might be like 1.65. You know, it's just like he's he's found an extra little smash factor because he just squares it up so good. I need Jason Bourne to examine some of the methods he's using. Yeah, could uh, fall into the wrong hands. But even though Cantley's not exciting, but I just I do enjoy because he's so surgical and he's I find him fun to watch. Like I find sure. his game interesting, his story interesting, and I I find myself rooting for him more and more. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I I think talking to him on the pod last year, this past year, it was you know the back stuff. The story needs to be like told. You could tell it every week, and it wouldn't yeah. get old of like what he has to go through. Like he has to do it every week, especially a do place it like Pebble where it's yeah. Like, I mean, the cold the cold airs can't be helping. Go back and listen to that pod. I think it's from April. Just how he – I may have it wrong, but he basically spends four hours before every round getting ready for it physically, like stretching. So when you got a 7.37 tee time, do the math on that for when you're getting to the golf course, when you're getting to the trailer. Like how – like imagine – like <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I get up like maybe an hour before a tee time when I'm in, in the morning. So like it, Half that the is – time we don't even hit range balls. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. It's impressive. So um, sneaky, quiet 68 today, I'd say. It seemed worse than that to me. I, I, I don't know. really know why. I think he kind of birdied the easiest, easy-ish holes. Uh, kind of came out firing, birding three of the first uh, first six. But One of the things I like about Pebble, too, and maybe this is the small greens, but there's some spots where you can miss where you're just so absolutely boned. Yes. And I'm just looking at yes. his, his scorecard and seeing his only bogey was on eight. I remember where he missed and just seeing oh. some of those where it's like, all right, cool, I guess he's chipping to 40 feet. And seeing like, you know, Streelman's going on his run and where he hit it on, I think it was 16. As soon as the ball lands, you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no way. Yeah. And he makes double. And it's like. Short side above the hole. See yeah. Ya. There's some there's some awesome spots out there for that. Speaking of 16. <laughs> hold on. Last thing on okay. Cantlay. Because I, God, I can't wait to talk Opus Day. Is uh, <laughs> I, I can't stand the Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Tough. Hats and logos are so Bad, I just watched the big short last night. One thing I do like about Cantlay is his dedication to wearing the sweater. Always looks does, good. Doesn't wear pullovers. You know, doesn't wear the quarter yeah. zip. It's just that crispy. It looks like it's really soft and cozy. I like his sweater game. All cashmere vibes. Yeah, just yeah. get rid of the Marcus stuff, and I, I'm way in on him. So you know anyway, what? Sorry. One, one other thing from the pod that I got from Cantlay that I try to take with me too when I'm playing tournaments is his thing of like when I show up Thursday for an event, like. It's kind of already decided for me. Like whatever happens out there happens, but like it's about what the work I've put in before. Like I can't. Like he it almost seems like he doesn't stress himself out about the ups and downs of the competition over four days. He just like lets that play out in his mind or like you know in reality. And I thought that was a very interesting way of looking at tournament golf. And so, yeah. like, I'm getting hyped for a tournament this week, and I'm like, "All right, be ready to roll on that Thursday. That's Judgment Day." When in Which reality, is kind of how, how it feels like watching Spieth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's just like, "Do or die, right now, baby." What do you think? You think there's a bull in the chamber? Come on, Mikey, not? come on, no, pull the fucking trigger. Let's go, Mikey. I can do it, baby. I can do it. I can yeah. fly this gap wedge there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it, man. I'll do it. No, you don't have to. Just Who's making you do wedge. this? Who's making you? No. He lives and dies with every bounce, which yeah. is just like extremely stressful on both the viewer. Which I, want, I want to stress, please don't change because no, that's, that's why right. I like to watch. Yes. Yeah. So, anyways, I found that that very much fits in with Cantlay's vibe. So, yeah. But speaking of 16, on to our Opus Day, Nate Lashley. First off, 
I really don't want to start just clowning on the dude because he, he played, played so good, amazing golf, yeah. and fucked up one hole, and it sucked. Like I, I was feeling for him. He, I, I, yeah. Well, he kind of had a tough finish on Saturday. I think he three putted seventeen or, or birdie seventeen or bogey seventeen and eighteen. And yeah. Bogey seventeen eighteen. You could tell he was running hot under the under the hood. On 18, he gave he actually two for two on the weekend, tossing his ball in the Pacific on 18 green, which was which was good. <laughs> which stuff. led the field. Which led the field, which was fun. He definitely got, you know. Listen, Opus Day, there's an application process. I got to talk to Lord T. Rel Hatton. We'll talk this week to see if Lashley's in. But man, his work on 16 was tossing the 360 on the putter. He's holding it over his head. I thought he was going to break it like uh, like Bo Jackson style on a, on the on the dome piece. It was a tough scene there, and uh, that was one of those side hill, you know, four-footers you said earlier, like, oh, God, and then he had another one and another <laughs> one. Yeah. I thought he was going to miss the, the one for triple, for sure. I, I thought, because especially thought since too. I came back to him after yeah. going away, yeah. Um, but yeah. you're right, we, we should start, you know. Well, at we least, haven't started there, but we had to address the Opus uh, Some of the positives, like, on that front nine, I mean, he was... You know, he just played like an incredibly efficient round of golf. Like, just didn't miss a shot. Comfy birdies on the par fives. That shot on seven, I was describing earlier, just yes. like have to hit it in a, you know, land it on like a scorecard basically to to get it to that perfect spot. Does it. The birdie on nine was just so textbook. That's whatever, 500-yard golf hole. He just spins it in there to a couple feet. I mean, I mean, it's... I thought he was going to get, I believe I said on the thread, incinerated on the back nine because he's just he's doing that weird hold off thing. It's like God, that's going to get demolished he, he did. by the wind. Well, he didn't. He hit it great. He, yeah. he was fifth and he just gained tee to green uh, in in the on Sunday. He just missed in that same spot on sixteen where it's like, oh no, you're boned. You you can't do anything from right there. And I guess he blamed it on a bad hop. But it's that's what can happen on those those greens. They firm up a little bit and. Basically, if you catch the bounce on the green, it probably spins back to the right spot. But if you fly it into that, into the rough, you got some brutally difficult chips. What's his story? Where's he from? What's his What's his story? I forget the the story. It, and correct me if I'm wrong. If I have is his uh, girlfriend and his parents. I believe so. We're flying uh, to go watch him at a tournament and died in a plane crash. I hope I'm not getting any of this wrong, but I know it was it was told pretty. Pretty ad nauseum uh, during his win at the Rocket Mortgage a couple of years ago, but it was when he was a college golfer. His parents and girlfriend died in a, in a plane crash, so it was um, sixteen or seventeen years ago. I think. From was, from Nebraska, I believe, to answer your question, uh, and kind of has like bounced around. Very journeyman career. I think they mentioned on the broadcast today too that he was selling real estate for a while, as recently as like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen or something, and. Made a go of it and came back and won on the PJ Tour, which was a really cool story a couple of years ago. And he won by a lot. He won by yeah. just a boat race. Yeah. So I mean, he before Bryson went burned to, that place, went to, to Arizona. His, he only got seventy. I think it was seventy career starts. Wildcat. Okay. Um, and he's you know almost bagged a second win and has several other top. Like he's been quietly quite quite impressive. Yeah. He's one twenty fifth in the world coming in this week uh, and has been playing some some really good golf and. Uh, he he wasn't yeah he was T seventeen last week at Waste Management and then he had a solo fourth at uh, Corrales in the in the fall as well so some really good golf from him but yeah it was a a tough 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 scene I mean yeah he had to make a three foot seven inch putt breaking putt for triple after uh, you know barely being over the green in, in regulation that was that was very much the like the tournament golf like oh fuck I got to keep going till this goes in the yeah, hole yeah, like was. there is no stopping here. <laughs> um, which like 
It, it, if you play uh, it, for like us sitting here, you play ninety nine percent of your golf not in that. It's like ah, I'm good. Just, just, give me a triple. Scoop it as it goes past what? the hole. But hearing all that, it's like hopefully we let's see more of him. Like he sounds like he's got walk on vibes. You know, like when the uh, yeah. you see those videos of the coach giving the the walk on a scholarship. It's like maybe la- like let's you know like yeah, he's gonna be on scholarship. Woo! You know, I hope to see him again. <laughs> you know, like keep grinding out there. Right. So he that was very relatable on sixteen, and I, I think we were making you know we're kind of making light of it. And that I got I mean. Can't imagine how he feels right now. That None sucks. of the putts were easy. Like, yeah. It was not yippee. I it didn't wasn't. Think. No, he just, but God, they dove so hard. Like he didn't really hit the <laughs> hole on, on any of them until the last one. So I got a question for some of this not here, but where were Randy's home game models when it came to Matt McNeely? That was, I got to think it, oh. a massive omission by him. He's I, so upset. He, he texted <laughs> us all on like Wednesday. He was like, Oh, I forgot to pick Matt this week. He's 100% going to win. <laughs> And he didn't win, but uh, he certainly had a uh, uh, had a good week. Um, I so I find Mav. Um, I was thinking about this today. I find him very easy to root for, and I was trying to think about why. And I think it it it's um, I guess a personal and, and correct. You know, I don't want to overstate like my college football career or anything, but like you played football in college. <laughs> no, but I was trying to think about what it is about him that I like. And I, I remember I was a good high school football player, you know, like one of the best on the team, you know, kind of a big fish in a small pond. Sick. Went to the next level and was like just riding the bench as a freshman. But there's like one or two or three freshmen that come in and, and ball out. So you got to like put your head down on, put your head down and grind and get better. And then it's even harder and more demoralizing sophomore year when there's one or two or three freshmen that come in and they're starting. And you're like, God, dude, they're just like, I've been here a year grinding. This guy just shows up and he's, he's got it. And I feel like I say all that because I feel like Mav had all the success in college comes out. He gets the Callaway sponsorship. He's kind of, you know, he wins the Haskins award. And then you, you, you know, he doesn't just automatically ball out, right? Like he's not Hovland. He's not more He's not Wolf. And how similar to Max, like how, tough that can be for someone's confidence if they're used to being the top dog and then they're just like dude this is like a much bigger pond and now it's just seeing him get better and better like i find myself rooting for him and i I think that that's like the kind of player that's fun to follow like over their career and like hopefully that win means a lot more to him and you know this year or next year or whenever he gets it interestingly enough we did a pod with him uh gosh it's been maybe two and a half years or so and his perspective on his college success surprised me because it was very much like i think it was his sophomore year where he went absolutely apeshit yeah he was kind of like i kind of just blacked out for a year and i'm kind of paraphrasing but almost like that wasn't my like my reflection of my it almost strikes as like imposter syndrome yeah a little bit where you start to look around and it's like oh shit am i like am i as good as everybody says everybody keeps telling me how good i am and like i'm not really sure if i am and that's a massive projection on my part but that's listening listening to him in interviews and even talking to him a little bit and stuff that's that's kind of the the vibe you get almost is like there's some insecurity and some, I think, some demons probably. And it's to your point, it's awesome to see him. See, I, on I a big take stage. it more as awareness. Like, I think he was honestly like, dude, like you just played like incredible golf, but like, I don't know if you're, I don't know, my skills aren't all the way there. And he, his attitude is more of like when he went and hit the road on the Corn Ferry Tour to like go earn his PGA Tour card. And, you know, a lot of people think that he's, you know, everything is paid for by his family and all that. And he like is very like, adamant. I was like, no, like I pay. I pay my own way and do all this. And there's a whole backstory there of the success his dad has had in business and all that stuff. But like he, it, I don't think he put like a ton of pressure on himself to meet expectations coming out because he was almost like aware that like, Hey, I'm not like a sure thing. I'm not sure fire talent. I'm going to have to like get there through just like working really, really hard. 
And another favorite thing that he said that I, I take all the time is like, he doesn't. He he said he, he told me he doesn't stress about playing poorly because so much of pro golf is about when you have an opportunity in a tournament. You know, in your top like twenty percent of your rounds, you have to take it. Like that's where like eighty percent of your career is going to be defined by your best twenty percent of your golf. So like a miscut, not the end of the world. Like you have to, you know, using that towards building towards something. And with that in mind, watching the swings he made on seventeen yeah, and eighteen, exactly. yeah. he was fucking sending it. <laughs> yeah. Sending it like everyone knows what like nervy golf looks like and what just truly confident golf looks like and that I'm not talking about the bravado of like the club twirls it was the 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 swings he was making coming down the stretch and that was a a awesome ride to watch five under on the back nine so, so to circle back Mav finished solo second uh, made 850k Nate Lashley if he would have just made bogey instead of triple would have tied him and that was about a half a million dollar difference wow. Well, with Damn. so with with Mav too, the telecast they were talking about how he's very, since he's been a kid, very data driven. Like keeps track of like diligent about a journal, and as someone's trying to track his stats, like he's, I think I can't remember who was talking about it on the telecast, but like he's like I'm I'm twenty percent from you know twenty feet or whatever, and he like was playing with the announcer, and you know he'd missed the previous four, and he was like this one's going in, you know, and then the, the putt goes in. Hmm. It's like. I think it almost seems like he has a lot of trust in that, like the true definition of like, let's just trust the process. Hmm. But I, I guess where, what I, maybe I'm projecting this on him is after a year or two of the process, not seeing it come to fruition, I, I would, I almost assume like, I know in my own, you know, version of this story, like it's so easy to just like, and like Max has said on the pod, like it's so easy to lose hope or like, dude, like, I miss it? Like, am I still, do I have, you know, you can almost forget that you're that good. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just happy that to see him, you know, balling out, I guess. He, uh, this is second full year on the PGA tour. He made 17 of 23 cuts in 2020, finished 68th in the FedEx and now is 30th in the FedEx, um, and is six of 10 made cuts in 2021. Now a runner up. So. Which has to be such a big step as a, a yeah. rookie to just make cuts and like, just, just be around and figure out how to, how to make a move? I mean, it sounds cliche, but like, how do you keep moving forward after Friday, right? Solid. How do you keep moving forward after Saturday? I think I agree with you on the awareness factor too. Like, even his post round interview, he's like, I, he said to Amanda, like, I know, I knew today, like, good or bad, I was going to learn a lot. It's like almost having that perspective, like, pre round of like, this isn't my only chance. Like, no, this is like, you're putting yourself in position. If it doesn't go well, like, that's like one step closer, I guess. And like, my, all right, I have one anecdote too, or one story from Matt. So I went to the Rex Open 2018. And this oh, is the his, Corn Ferry Tour. Corn Ferry Tour. And this is his first year out there. And, you know, I'm with my buddy, John Lyon, and we're walking around. There's nobody out there. It's Thursday. And we, we run into, I'm like, let's go watch Matt McNeely. He's like, who's that? I'm like, ah, oh, he's this guy from Stanford. Like, we just did a pod and he's great. And he's like the next thing. We get out there and he kind of like sees me. I'm wearing like an NLU hat and he could, I'm like the, you know, we're kind of like 20 feet away, but he's very aware, you know, that, that he's like, oh, who are these guys? Oh, NLU. Okay. Like next to you, like basically very, very close to topping one, you know? And he was just, <laughs> he was just and my buddy was like, who the hell? What? This is the guy. I was like, no, no, just trust me. Just trust me. You know, and probably so, did it on purpose. It's yeah, probably, yeah, good probably just, he's something. probably just making it harder on himself. But I was like, it's one of those moments. You're like, damn it, man, come on, like, play better. You know? So. I always think that's funny. Like, I'm, man, out on the Corn Ferry Tour with no one watching, like, that can get really, really lonely out there. Speaking of tops, 
Francesco Molinari. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Not the, he had a lot of fun with it, which is exactly the way you should react when obviously Twitter is roasting you uh, for a very poor uh, shot. He dead topped it off the first tee. I think it went seventy yards. The conditions were pretty tough there. I would say. I, 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 I was disappointed for his his reaction. He just yeah, kept it yeah. super chill. <laughs> like ah. made a comfy five. Yeah. I think that's you know everybody oh, on Twitter was five. just like oh who hasn't you know oh, that one's not gonna hurt you man <laughs> just make five from there. Why is it that the three wood is the top club? It's it. It, uh, I'm sure there's a reason, but but it's, it's always the same for me. It's always the three wood yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. It feels like it's always it's the three wood. Smaller face, right? Chris Kirk yeah. talked about that. How he does like you know maybe five times a year, uh, he will just cold ass top at three wood. <sighs> Shout out to Molinari who tripled uh, eighteen today. That's cool. Oh, good for him. Uh, he was my biggest disappointment of the week, for what it's worth. Yeah, it, you know, not to pile on him, but he, home he, game, home game, home game models were alerts were going off, blinking. Had played well at the U.S. Open there. God, it just seemed like he was trending towards kind of being that killer that we saw a couple years ago and i thought he was gonna play really well this week shout out to our guy max uh finishing t7 13 under shot a 68 today hit an unreal shot into 18 from underneath the tree his tee shot went 253 and left himself 263 in and then knocked it on the green from from there i don't know if he hit three wood off the tee he might have hit the tree he was right under I'm, I'm guessing he hit it into the tree and and good call he didn't have Greller there to go up and find it, so luckily, <laughs> luckily it fell to where it did. What was that? Why was Greller in the tree looking for Tom Hoagie's ball? Because he's like freaking Bear Grylls, man. <laughs> like if you need him, he's he's down to help out. Like it's almost like Speed didn't send him on enough of an adventure, like uh, on Sunday. I, so Greller, I'm with TC on this buck. Number one, he's an alpha. Number two, he just seems he seems awesome. You know, oh, like he's the God, man. he seems like such a rock, man. He's <laughs> yeah, the rock on which you can build the Church of Speeth. He, unbelievable. Yeah. He's a, a true teammate. He's yes, just he like, is. He's the guy you want. He's like Udonis Haslam or something. Yeah. Like the the Heat just like signed up Haslam for another year of like player coach. <laughs> like yeah, dude, just sit on the bench and coach these youngsters. You know, that's what Greller has. He's got that vibe. Uh, Max, he brought up. I mean, he's he's starting to. Get whiffs of uh, Charles Howell West Coast Cash Machine. He had going this stretch yes. last year. You know? He's having it again this year. Riviera's um, his literal favorite golf course on planet Earth, and they got him. They got him as well. The CBS had a uh, him, him projected for well for next year. Yeah, they got him as one of his players. I'd, I'd to like watch. to call him out too for uh, what is it five the par three? Yeah, like crappy double there after he eagles two. That's like another one of those misses that's just like, yeah. oh, man, that's not going to be fun. Yeah, you know? no. And then he left left one in the bunker and then, you know, two putts for double. And then he comes back birdie, birdie, Yeah, you know, on six and seven, which is like, obviously, I didn't really see it on TV. But it was it's <laughs> it was like great to see him bounce back like that and like save a round early. But you can imagine what it'd be like if he did. <laughs> it would, like watching him play the, like the, the best holes in the world. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be cool. Be, it would be really cool. cool. Just to get, like, I know we talk a lot about money on the show, but he finished T7, which is $229,000 paycheck. With that one double bogey on five, and everyone has this one hole they can remove. But the, this is what a double bogey costs you on tour. The guys that he would have tied for third, the guys that tied for third made 460, 200. So it, it, it would have changed the number if he was a, a third guy in there at tied for third. But, like, yeah, literally double your money. We, we can confirm it would have been more for sure. Listen, 290 is good. <laughs> it would have been more money. Is, yes. Yeah, without yes, the double. That's the big story here. But, uh, but yeah, we well, could say the same, like, oh, if he does an eagle right. two, then what happens? But I mean, part of the – would have helped if the broadcast would have pointed out he's one of those guys that hates making doubles. <laughs> I know. This guy hates doubles. Or that he's got a great <laughs> got great things going on Twitter. Like, very <laughs> – He's a great follow. Great on follow on Twitter. Media. Great guy on social media. 
Um, all right. I want to, uh, if we're ready to move on a little bit, uh, a couple other topics I want to I want to cover here. One, we want to give a shout out to our our partner BMW for uh, this month's uh, Ryder Cup segment we're going to do. And I have a question for the group. I saw this floated on Twitter, and I apologize, I didn't uh, uh, jot down the name of it, but I did promise that person in DMs that we would discuss it this week. Patrick Reed, when it comes to the Ryder Cup, and mm-hmm. I want to th- want everyone to think about all the things that have happened uh, over the past couple years, and also remember that uh, he shot about 84 at the last Ryder <laughs> Cup and then... Yeah, but what did Tiger shoot? And then said that Tiger apologized <laughs> to him. That does not get enough run. All right? That, yeah, like, Tiger, Tiger told me it was... Can you, can you say that sentence one Okay, time? that he said after the round that, yeah, Tiger came up to me and apologized for how bad he played when Reed did not break 80 in that round. Um, that's the... I know we don't have to talk about this guy anymore, but like that that's the most Trumpian thing ever it's like oh yeah i mean many people apologize yeah. oh okay cool really interesting yeah well how what about how about you did you have any any you know like impact like no. could you have played any better oh that doesn't matter like i mean he he apologized and then when asked if he was still captain america he says well i'm still undefeated in singles after he, you know he went one and two but did win his singles match and i think he, he did the shush right in france so anyways uh, we have that. We have the incident in the Bahamas, which rolls right into the President's Cup, where he goes to the President's Cup, makes his team act very weird. Like Teammates are in a very uncomfortable spot, goes and does the shovel move at the fans, <laughs> at the Australian fans. His caddy um, gets in a physical altercation with a fan. Caddy Cam Smith executes him and then gets fined for it. Uh, that is that's makes me shake my head. And then we have the issue with the Farmers this 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 week. So I think the reasons as to why we're asking the question are fair. If Patrick Reed doesn't make it on points, let's say he's seventh, doesn't make it on points, does he get selected for this year's Ryder Cup God. team? You want to go first or you want me to go first? I think 100% he should get selected. I think 100% it's, he should get selected. He's It's the it's, <laughs> it's an exhibition. It's WWE, man. You need some villains. Like, that's let's do it. I think watch, I, we didn't cover everything from France, though. We also <laughs> threw the captain under the of, bus. Of course. For the pairings. No, of course. Is he is he poison for sure? But is it like it's good content, man? I, I would. Are we are we cut, speaking from an entertainment perspective? No, or no, no, trying no, to no. win it. No, I think legitimately trying to win. Dude, did you like? Did you watch him at Farmers? He's so fucking yeah, good, I know. man. He's he and he he certainly and, even though he's a sociopath, he certainly cares about the Ryder Cup. And, and what he do you cares want? about winning? And he cares about he cares America. about his per, his like representation in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, but that's like taking someone yeah. like you know is he doesn't care about the Ryder Cup. That, there's a difference. Uh, I would say you know someone's like motivation. Like if you're a captain, you can like you know use their weight against them. Like pull, okay, yeah, 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 okay, Patrick. I know you're in this for yourself. Like I can put you in a position that didn't go well in France. Yeah, well maybe you know. He, I, he was mad about being paired with Tiger fucking Woods at the Ryder Cup. Like that. that. So where so where do you stand? What do you think? I think, as of right now, I think there's so much talent on the U.S. side that there's no reason to bring a potential locker room just magnet of energy, either positive or negative. It's not worth risking. Like you don't need him. You have players that are good. Like you have you. You do not need somebody that, if things are not going well, he is going to make them worse, and he has shown that at the 2018 Ryder Cup. Like if things are going well, can like can he get the ball rolling, get people fired up, or? I I don't I don't even know if we can count on U.S. fans cheering for him. <laughs> counter argument to that, that's fair about him being a villain to his own team. Yeah, but counter argument to that if he doesn't Ball's make it, from if he's a, if he's a captain's pick, the, I feel like the captain has the opportunity to set the state. Like, hey, you're you're here because I picked you, and this is how this is going to go this year, and like almost have the 
have the conversation, have the lecture up front that like you're not going to play every match. We're going to, you know, we're you're going to have to play ball and if you don't, like I'm just going to bench you for the rest of the like you're going to get you're on a short leash, bud. That happened in France. Like Furek had don't communicated you think it would make to it him. even even worse. Yeah, Furek had communicated to him where he, who's who is going to play with and he still like threw a hissy fit at the end of it. It's like I don't think he I don't Such think he put a, baby in a corner. Like I don't think he Okay, fair enough. He chips and putts so well though. He does. What's that worth? <laughs> He's seventh right now in the standings. I don't want to make light of of this, but I also could see him just straight up kicking Stricker's ass if he doesn't get picked. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him just absolutely getting into a, a real life fight. I think with we him. can expect some used golf facts. Yeah, hot hot heat I could coming see at Stricker. Some some Twitter takes. him and Justine tabletopping Stricker at one of the Champions <laughs> Tour events or something, pushing him down a hill. I think it's going to be a fascinating story to follow. I think I think that they're going to go straight off points. I think they probably will I, yeah, take. I think him. he'll end up just getting in on points. Like he's playing well. No, I'm saying they're going to go. Like the top six qualify automatically. Yeah, they're like six through nine are totally safe. On like they're not going to look at number. I'm sorry, seven through nine on the list. They're not going to like bypass them. Let's they're, say let's say eleven players have been locked up, meaning they've you know six qualified and they've made their five captains picks, and somehow Finau and Reed are both <laughs> not on the team. Would you pick Fina or would you pick Reed? Fina. Reed. Reed. I just wanted that on the record because okay. I'm, I'm building my case over the next year. I would pick Reed. Bu- building what case? That that Fina stinks. Uh, okay. I just we heard, know he played well in France. As he continues to kick these away, well I just thought, the I, worst. No, no, CJ, just, it, it, he played well in France. The worst event that you could do this to would be the Ryder Cup. Like, it, like the this is the <laughs> yeah, worst. That's, logic. This is like his only. Tiny blip this of is, true, like you're just like breakthrough. you are going out of your way. This is a you heard you know, your right. argument, Pie Man. We have a, that scenario where the train track, you know, there's one person laying on the train tracks, and uh, <laughs> and then there's five on the other side. Do you flip the lever? In this situation, you are flipping the lever to run over five more people instead of just the one. Yeah. All right. Listen, I didn't realize. I, I kind of forgot how good he played. He at played the well. Cup. And That's the whole okay, thing though. is like, I still you, would pick Reed. I still but, would pick Reed too. Yeah. How how Reed do in France? <laughs> um. So, it, so it, I think Patrick's grown up a little bit. <laughs> These last couple of weeks have changed him. Here He's gone guys, through the adversity. Here are the guys in the U.S. team. Again, we got a long ways to go, but here are the guys that are not in the top six qualification-wise. Reed, Webb Simpson, Finau, Harris English, Cantlay, Berger, Wolf, Kisner, Woodland, Palmer, Scotty Scheffler, Tiger Woods, Kucher, Bubba, all those. Oh, you skip Kevin Na. Spieth. I, I'm kind of <laughs> hey, skipping. Don't forget about no, Ricky. Not gonna get picked. What about Ricky. Ricky, I don't know. Ricky's 33rd. I think we're probably good there. All those guys you mentioned are not not qualified. Can you list off the qualified? The qualified, I mean, the top six as of yeah. now. DJ, I think he's going to make it. Bryson, Kepka, Xander, JT, Morikawa. God, man. I think those. Stacked. That's right. <laughs> it's really it's good. Yeah. Stacked. That's what I'm saying. Why would you add yeah, that's to fair. this? But I, you know, selfishly, like, I want some. Content is a different I want thing. Some, some gifts, baby. Yeah. I want some. I want some action. You know, he he's he's good for drama, which I, is which is good for you know my entertainment. I don't want to put up any bulletin board material, but that that list, uh, as compared to the current Euro standings, is jarring. Hatton, Fleetwood, Rom, McElroy, awesome. Listen, uh, Victor Perez, Bernd Wiesberger, Fitzpatrick, Willett, Westwood, Big Shot, Bob McIntyre, Mateus Schwab, Rafa Cabrera, Bayo. Are you bouncing Marcus the two lists? Marcus Uh Am I? Because they got the... Oh, right. They got the world point. European no, that's sorry. Sorry. Points. That was European and world points. 
Still, I mean, I guess you had Paul Casey and Hovland. That helps. Yeah. Team Rose. That certainly helps. <laughs> Europe's going to have a I wonder where team. team Rose is staying. We should see if they are if they have hotel block set up in, <laughs> <laughs> in Kohler. Or if they're just rented out a whole place. Or... Maybe they got an RV, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> we'll have to look into they, that. They, yeah. Well, that, the list you rattled off, you know, there's issues yeah. with depth. Yeah. Couple other oh, great questions. Yeah, shout out to our partner BMW, of course, a sponsor of the Ryder Cup. They're helping us facilitate these wonderful discussions that we're going to have throughout the year. So, back on Pebble, we 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 kind of missed this one a little bit. What did you guys think of guys uh, players playing left of the cart path on the sixth hole? Oh, I forgot we hadn't even gotten to this yet. Yeah. Well, normally it's not an issue because there's usually a massive hospitality. Okay, well, uh, all up on top of the hill there. I don't know if crosswords. There is. Is it there the week of? The ATT both as well, times, or just the US both Open? times I've gone there, it's been a massive like way, hosp- way, way up top. It's always felt like that was a there, hospitality. It's just fans on the HQ. hill. I think it's yeah, just yeah. fans on the but hill, it's but it's on top up, on top of the yeah. hill. But the flat part. Okay, so so that you're saying that wouldn't impact people hitting it left there. Why is this year right at people? Right. Yeah, why, this year feels like it's the first time it's been an issue. So I was trying to think of a reason why yeah. in the past it hasn't been. I'd have to check the shot tracker. I don't remember people doing that in the past intentionally uh, because, one, if there's people up there, one, the Torpros don't really care that much about the safety of the people. But, two, you care <laughs> if your ball gets stopped. So yeah. you don't want to hit someone and have it stop right there. This, not why, don't, why don't you kick this off? Because you, you clearly have, have staked your – you know, you've staked a claim here. Well, my, the, when he, when the players did it, first of all, the, the announcers looked – I believe it was Faldo and or Luke Elvey. I don't remember. We're just like <gasps> – <laughs> <laughs> I believe what was – it has to be Faldo then if the, if the phrase was – It's not sporting. It, you know, it's it's ruining the integrity of the whole, I believe, was that what I heard phrase. Which I would say shout out to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other golf holes on the PJ Tour that we don't seem to hear the same conversation That's about. That's where I was like, oh, wait, oh all right. yeah. if we want to talk about ruining integrity, then welcome let's to, have welcome that. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. Let's have that conversation. But my – my issue was with the announcers seeming to, you know, imply or even directly state that play, even though that is an option for players, they shouldn't hit it up there, which I completely disagree with. Like when when JT was hitting in the other fairway at Boston that one year, way in on that. Like if that is a, a actual real route that you envision in your way to the hole, the best way you can get the ball in the hole, yeah, hundred percent. So. I, I, this is going to sound like a cop out, or like I'm I'm straddling both arguments here. I totally, 100 percent get and respect where you're coming from, because as you pointed out, I believe either on Twitter or on text or whatever, we can't praise Lynx Golf for like, oh my god, you have so many routes to the hole. It's so cool. Look, he's hitting it in the other fairway to get yep. the angle. That's so cool. We can't praise that and then be like way out on this, but. They do seem like drastically different styles of of golf. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's not a, it's like that was not intended. Those almost seem like the like different sports, right? Yes. Like playing at the old course and playing at Pebble Beach are totally different. And so, what I will say is like, well, I don't like it. <laughs> like it, it is lame. I hate that they're taking the water out of play. And it used to be such a cool hole, but where you know, if you hit driver a little further up the left side of the fairway, you can get closer to the green. If you hit three wood, you take the water out of play, but you got a longer shot. Yada yada yada. And that part is kind of gone when you just bang it way down the left. So I I don't know what the fix would be. I mean, maybe like you make it out of bounds. And so <laughs> let me catch me up here, just so I know. Are they hitting it up on top of the hill? 
Some with, of them are. With driver, is that the goal? Like, so they can then see the flag from up there on the left? I think and, it, it eliminates the risk of driving in the water, one. It improves which, your angle. As you mentioned astutely, not one person hit in the water this week. Zero water yeah. balls this year. Um, which seems like if that was the only reason to hit it up there, that seems like an overreaction of like, well, you could just hit it the left side of the fairway, couldn't you? Like, why would you, you know? So I'm guessing they were getting it up on top of the hill because then they could see the hole and maybe have a better approach. Was the rough not as thick up there with no no like you'd think with no fans the rough would be even thicker. It didn't look it didn't look pleasant up there. I think it is just a shortest route, a little better angle to come into that green um and I, I don't know exactly. I'd have to go see it, honestly. But I think if did, you're trying to go way left, you can take that bunker out of play, right? Which the bunker makes it a little hairy as you're as you're getting up that hill. Not that I, you know, everybody. But, but I, the reason I wouldn't get so riled up about this is like you're you're playing a you know game of roulette with the lie up there, hundred percent, right? So yeah. like, what's yo? If you want to do that, sure. But like, yeah, that's who purposely at. hits it in the rough at Pebble. Like the rough is gnarly. Like what? That doesn't seem like it's. It is a, a different huge... type of rough up there. It's like okay. the. Yeah. It's not, I don't know, I'm not a big grass guy, but it's it's not the really thick, bright green yeah. pebble grass you're thinking of. It's like the almost dormant looking it just, it, stuff. It didn't look pleasant though. And the ball's yeah. going to be below your feet. And that's where I was like, dude, if like if you want to like purposely give yourself a not very great lie yeah. over, in that, over in that rough and try to figure out your way to the hole, by all means, go ahead. Like we, I, I, and you get I, a look at the pin, if that's a trade-off you want to make, I actually think that's kind of interesting. Yes. And like have someone explain that, you know, like. Or, or maybe the talk on the tee with the caddy. Well, yeah, if we go up there, like we ha- we can see the flag, and then you know it's a much easier angle. So I don't know. I'm with you. I don't think it's something to get all upset about. I can see you know them setting it up differently, either growing that rough up or calling it OB, which I think would just. I don't think that I don't think that encourages fun golf. Like yeah, bringing the, the answer is almost never like, hey, I think that we need to bring in more OB. I'm an, I'm an anti <laughs> in course out of bounds. Yeah. It's, for what it's worth, Man. looking at the – I pulled up the shot tracker from last year, and there were five total balls for the whole week left of that cart path. So to your point, there must usually be more hospitality up there. It's all, it almost so feels I don't like think, it's all white up there normally. Yeah, so I don't – maybe this isn't an issue going forward, but I think it, it was an issue general, this though. week, quote-unquote. But, yeah, I don't know. Remember when Bubba went the wrong way down the fairway at, at the Zozo in Japan where he literally went 90 degrees to the right? Like that's sick. That's awesome. Yeah. I have. I don't have any issue with guys trying to gain an advantage of like because you're pl- they are added. There's some risk there to the lie being crappy or like yo. That's not how the the hole's supposed to be played. So you might have some bad luck up there. Yeah, hundred. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I, I know there were like very the- very few bogeys on that hole in general this week because par fives don't really exist anymore. But that was uh, there was no bogeys left of the cart path. So to your whole point about like. Oh, it could be, you know, it's total risk. Like, it's not. Yeah. Everybody made par of birdie, which sucks. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, like, the, just the fact there was way more balls down in the fairway. Like, the, 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 the other d- routes taken, if you made bogey that way, it wasn't because you were in, like, a bad spot. Or it wasn't like it was super safe to play left. It's right. a par five. Like, there's just not going to be that many bogeys. To begin yeah. With. But um, anyways, Colt Nose did not care for my comments, but um, I'll be on Gravy in the Sleeves tomorrow to discuss it. With oh, them. God, uh, you're going to go hash it out? We're going to go. I, I, I don't know if they That's know I'm bigger. coming you on. you going to reach across the aisle? I, of course I'll reach across the aisle. Good for you, man. I um, thought he was really good on the telecast, by the way. I'm not just saying that because you're, uh, you're going on. I think he's – him and John Wood have been great additions, I felt like. It was a total just like weirdly talking past each other yeah. on repeat. I mean, it was on Twitter? Quite frustrating, and I was like, I'm just usually, trying to be I like... It doesn't usually like, happen yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I didn't say that, man. I'm, 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 I'm nicknamed the sleaze. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very... Yeah. 
It's whiffs of crazy Ira the dude. <laughs> I kind of, I mean, that's yeah. like, it's funny. It's like graving the sleaze. Uh, so yeah, that was a, a topic of conversation. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll hash it out. Why are you so, let me ask you this. Why are you so out on the OB for pro golfers? I just don't, I, I don't think it, I don't know. It encourages more trepidation off the tee. And it's, I, one, I think OB is too harsh for penalty. I agree with that. Two. For recreational golfers, I agree. Yeah. For pros, I disagree. Okay. Two. Fair. It's not out of bounds. Like, you're within I, the property. I don't know In-course OB yeah. just feels like, it's like when you when I used to play basketball with Tronny, like, makeup rules. Like, it's like, it's not OB. It's in-court. Like, yeah. you know, you, no, that, well, that's, you know, there's a four-pointer now on the course, on the court. Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, it's not OB. I just think it's... Uh, this is going to be great for Tron's court case about manipulating his DraftKings points, mm. that there's a pattern of this that going all oh, the way God, back to his God, he used to childhood. make up the rules all the time when we were playing <laughs> basketball, especially as I was getting bigger and he, I was, like, threatening to beat him. He'd be like, no, 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 I, this is a four-pointer. He'd like this one spot on the court where he'd shoot it and make it, and he's like, this is a four-pointer now. I think I, I think I largely agree on the OB stuff, but I also can't help but think that six might be a little more interesting if, like, the car path was OB. And it was like, dude, you have to fit it you have to, like, okay, people are hitting it so far at this point and all of these things that you've got to squeeze it between basically the bunker and the water and hit whatever you want. What 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 if you just grew it up, grew the rough up? That's probably could, what they'll do. do that too. Yeah. Um, like, I think there'd be a reason to be concerned if it was a huge advantage up there. If, like, just follow, like, where the dots are going. Like, if 10% of tour pros are hitting it over there, not that big of a deal. Like, that's their yeah. choice. If it was very clearly the right play, then... 90% of the players would, would do it, right. and we'd have an issue, I think. So that's where I kind of... Do you off. like in-course OB? For pros, yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, I, I don't like it for me, but I like it as... As a speed fan, do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we wouldn't have to keep getting our hearts broken on late on Sunday afternoons. He'd just be out of contention. See, but, I, I love the... <laughs> the uh, this is my favorite thing to do, is if I was playing that hole in the tournament, I would aim directly at the bunkers and swing as hard as I can, and there's no way you right. hit straight. Like, that's a great strategy. Yeah, but that's... I'm kind of joking. No, I'm joking, I know, but, like, but you're not, though, because, like, that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah. It's like the water, literally, no balls in the water. Like, yeah, that, that that's supposed is... to be, isn't that supposed to be the whole point of this great hole that everybody has raved and drooled about for a hundred years? And it's like, dude, that, that that's where I'm, I'm with, you know, our colleague, Gravy, is, uh, like, that sucks. I mean, that's, you know, that, that sucks. I, I don't know how else to say it. I totally get where you're coming from. I absolutely sympathize with why a player would do it and i don't blame them for doing it one bit but it's but it sucks but it sucks <laughs> yeah hey, we're whipping the boats I, a little bit here pie man. that's where i say with the tbc boston thing too is that sucked with jt blowing it into the other fairway especially when you have i know jt is not web and web is not jt but they seem to have a lot of the same talking points about like well you just need to make better golf course architecture and then you know that'll solve this whole thing and it's like well fuck man like if you know if we're not gonna, if we're not gonna stay in the corridors here, like then we're not even having the same conversation. I can, like, I'm, I can agree to disagree on the setup part. Like, it's just personal preference, right? Yeah. I, I, my issue again with it was like, why are we getting on the players for taking this route? And I totally agree with that. And it's, it's similar. Some people, someone brought this up, and it was a good point of like what, the players using uh, grandstands as backboards. Yeah. Like, yes, TIO relief. Let's talk about <laughs> not, that. Not TIO relief, but, just banking balls off yeah. backboards and like being, and then getting a drop from them. Well, but. Using it to stop your ball, I'm saying, yeah, and basically putting people at harm's risk, and you know, you like the issue with that is within the setup. Like the tour shouldn't have grandstands directly hanging on a green that guys can get out of position and bang it off of. But if I'm a player in that situation and that's an option to me, 
you're damn right I'm going to take it. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? No, now, of course. I think the rules should change that if you are leaving the arena and, you know, yes. you are outside of the stadium of this professional golf hole, is that a, is that a penalty? Is that out of bounds? You, well, know, you can't my, be out of bounds. No, it's not my, a property my, line. That's what you just told me. The my arena, answer, the golf hole? I think the TIO and that's think relief he, is very – it's straightforward to me. You always have the option to hit it back. If you're out of the arena, you can always hit it over. Just like you can always hit it out of a hazard. You either get – you don't get – it, you don't get a hundred yards of line of sight relief. Okay. Yeah. You get two club lengths like you normally would, or you can, you know, replay the shot from where you were. Like it could, I think it should just be played like a normal freaking rule, man. It's uh, the line of sight relief baffles me. I think it's such BS out there. So sorry. But well, I, and I, one thing I want to add to what you said, it does suck that six is being neutered. Okay? Just this week. Yes, I think it, that stinks. By like 14 but guys, it's it only sucks once. Like Solly's saying, I'm kind of in between you two. If 80 percent of the guys start doing that, then it sucks. Right yep. now, it's almost like, oh, that's cool. Until yes. it's not cool, right? Where and they that, all keep. Where next year they come back and 60 percent of the guys are. Seems doing like it. a gremlin situation. Though you got to cut this thing off at the head. I would argue if yeah, if 80 percent of the guys were doing it, I'd have a problem with it. Probably I'd be like, all right, something's kind of wrong with this hole. Yeah, like guys, we're not doing this right again. Respect the player's decision it, to do it. It but. is damning that nobody hit it in the water. <laughs> and that I, the I, water's not in play, period, which isn't doesn't have anything to do with guys hitting it left. It's just like I wonder if uh you know, just seeing it the number of water balls this week. I'm wondering if they're counting anything in the hazard as water because it's not mm. technically water, it's a cliff. I don't know. It's a good question. But the shot link know. data shows zero balls. In the water. I don't know if that means there were no penalties in the penalty area, whatever. So, okay. Another thing that was presented on Twitter, I forget who tweeted this at us, but simply asked the question of like, all right, what could, should the tour look at, you know, Speeth was in the lead going into today and then looking at everyone that was tied for second. And there is a current rule on, you know, basically it's when you, is it score after Saturday or is it, Time that you finished. First in, last out? First in, last okay. out. Okay. So if you're in a tie with anyone uh, for a, a tee time in any way, it go the tiebreaker defaults to uh, where, where when you finished. So if you were in an earlier group and probably means you had a lower number, you get the later tee time on Sunday, which gave us Tom Hoagie, Jordan Spieth, and Nate Lashley in the last group when they were – Nate Lashley and Tom Hoagie were both tied with uh, Patrick Cantlay and Daniel Berger. <laughs> Which I, I said on Twitter, if, if you told me a couple years ago Jordan Spieth is in the final group with Nate Lashley and Tom Hoagie, I would have been extremely concerned about what tour you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's disrespectful, Deej. Um, so I, 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 I'm not I, saying, I'm just saying. Peter Costas discuss, uh, mentioned something similar when we had him on the podcast. Uh, he was, I, th- I think it was on the podcast. I hope I didn't air out a private conversation we had. But he, his case was more so like Friday into Saturday because it's kind of so random with the draw that you get Thursday, Friday, that the tour should take control of Saturday pairings and, and match guys up as they want. Uh, and he texted me today to say like, yeah, just so you know, like I'm good with how they do it Sunday. So I didn't mean to throw him under the bus there. But I, I think it's worth discussing like, all right, entertainment product, when it comes to ties – is would it be crazy if the tour kind of rejiggered things so that it was best, per, you know, best for fans in attendance and best for a TV product? It's a question I have for the group. I'm not positive where I net out there, but I, I think it's interesting to think about. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I feel like it is 
Would that enhance my viewing experience? Undoubtedly, yes, for sure. Uh, but it also, I mean, it, it is tough when, like, let's say that was a player like Mav. Or, I, I mean, Tom Hoagie's a good example, too, of, like, a young-ish player who's been on tour for a couple years. And, you know, when you're taking away someone like that's chance of, like, playing with Jordan Spieth in a final group, like, that sucks for their development, you know? And, and it kind of... I'm sure that there's something that there's something, of course, that Tom Hoagie picked up from Jordan Spieth and Greller today that he'll take with him for the rest of his career. Probably, right? It could be positive, could be negative, could be whatever. But it's something in that even if Tom Hoagie never played another tournament, I'm sure he would at some point like tell stories of man, I was in the final group at Pebble Beach with Jordan Spieth, and it does kind of blow to just blanket take that away because someone hasn't you know won enough, I guess. That said, would I rather, you know, would I rather see Spieth and Berger and Cantley pair together? Like, yeah, of course. But that's a that's a tough one. It's a tough it's a tough sword to swing. To that, I would say Nate Lashley, three hundred one thousand dollars this week. Tom Hoagie, one hundred eighty one thousand dollars this week. That's what the money's for. I feel very good about yeah. how well, you, of course, how this worked out for you. And Neil, what do you think? I think I guess my point is sorry. I'm with you. I, I get wrapping my point real quick is like you don't know what those guys are going to do in the future, right? And and so you don't want to stave off their development if if that was you know, so let's I, say it was Akshay or someone like that, and and he got bumped for the Cantlay Burger Group. It's like fuck, man. That looking back in five years, ten years, like who knows what Akshay wouldn't have picked up in that final group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I, I think also, also how it works with well, who PJ goes Thorne? out last also is but, is unfair to, you know, if Spieth knows, if guys are tied, but Spieth knows what the guys in front of him already do, already did, does that give him more of an advantage and yada, yada, yada? I think... I, it, I yield my time. I think with the tour, though, it is, you have tea time categories, right? So if Tom Hoagie has beat down the door and won twice on tour, he might be in the same category as these guys. And then you don't get... But in this hypothetical, you don't get bumped. If you have one on tour, right. then you have like earned your, you know, you you stay in that final group. And I'm not even positive it's the best thing for a player to be in the final group. I think there's definitely yeah. a case to be made when you are tied for a number to be in an earlier group and be able to put pressure on to, you know, the guy like it's it's a little slower in that last group because you're gonna be playing almost assuredly playing with the leader. If there was a clear cut advantage to one of the times, and I'm sure there's data out there that shows there is one one way or the other. It's probably pretty small, but if there's a clear cut advantage, I think that it's a, a mo- I would not even broach the topic, right? Because I think it's so, Bacon texts me. He's like, "This would be like rearranging NBA matchups." I'm like, "No, you're not. It's not a one on one matchup. Like you're still just playing against the golf course, right? And it's only it's, if someone's tied. Yes, and it's only if yeah. someone's tied. I'm not talking about taking Tiger, who's 12 shots off the pace, and putting him in the last group. Right. That's not what we're talking about. It's just more so like we have this very kind of arbitrary way of setting the pairings come Sunday. Wouldn't it make sense if we want people to watch this thing to make the most entertainment package possible? I don't think it. I think the fact that we're discussing this right now when there's no fans is almost pointless. Like there's the, the telecast is jumping around from group to group. You kind of feel like I forget who's playing with who. Sometimes, honestly, it's been so long since we've had fans. I didn't even think about the, that the aspect. Factor like, there. Think, think about no. The where it matters is if. You know, Mav was playing with Spieth, and he's got a fans five deep. That's what. That's exactly what I was going right? to say. That's yeah. where that's impactful. Right yeah. now, it, I mean, there's nobody out there. So, yeah. like, who's playing with who has it doesn't matter. So, you got to think about it with fans there, and I think it's more of a nerves thing. And that's a good I, point. Uh, 
you know, I'm giving it to John McCain. Thumbs down. Yeah, I kind of like it's a no vote because then then it's a little bit like does that does a guy like Mav if if uh, it's almost like I don't really trust the tour like to put their hand on the scale number one and like do it right and two I think there would be some not unfair but uh, there'd be some missed opportunities for for where you're playing under pressure like in a final round with a with you know a DJ or somebody you know a good example would be is friend of the pod Adam Long playing with Phil Mickelson in the final group. And I forget who the third in that group was, but I thought it was another fairly sizable name. But seeing someone like Adam Long, who had to that point not really done much on the PGA Tour, probably would have gotten bumped out if they were tied going in the final final round. I forget if they were or not. Like, instead, you had him toe-to-toe with Phil. He gets on 18. He hits one of the five best shots of the season and just, like, stares him down and beats him. It's like, yeah, he's probably going to, probably going to take some good stuff from that, you know? Yeah. Yes. And there were several pros chiming in when I brought up the discussion of like, no, if I get that spot, I, I, you know, I want, I want it. I've earned it. And I was also kind of like, that's kind of not the point here. Like yeah, right. I don't like the tour pros obviously going to have that, uh, you know, stance here, but I'm coming at it this from a pure entertainment standpoint. And like the question is simple. Yeah, it's like, is it more entertaining? If, if there's, I don't know if it is. No, it's I, like, it sets up the duel between, you know, Spieth and JT. It gives the tour the opportunity to set up this gunslinger match in the final group, you know, between guys. But I just don't really trust that that's going to pan out all the time. Like, golf, it's such, it's so hard. You don't know that, like, the two, you know, alphas that are tied in this group of guys are both going to play well. I think you just, having that structure, I think, is a good thing. Because I find that half the time it's fun to see if the the new guy, the journeyman, whoever, like, Oh, dude, this guy's gonna get bodied, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then it's he, also fun to see people get eviscerated. Yeah, and then he, yeah. but then he stays, he hangs around. You're like, dude, he's holding his own. Or, like, and or that's he how does he, it. Yeah, or <laughs> or he does it. Like, I think that's uh, a good storyline, an interesting thing as a viewer as well. So I don't think, uh, I don't think it's necessary. Is where I where I net out. And right now, I don't think it's necessary to have this conversation because there are no fans. <laughs> so it that's doesn't true. matter who's playing with anybody. There's no pressure out there right now. Weirdly, it feels like the Masters is the place where this would go the furthest. Yes. Right. That's the place where it, I feel like I've had this feeling the most amount of times where you get to Saturday night and you're like, ah, oh, man, we were so close. I wish it would have been this person and this person instead. Right? Uh, but I feel like it would end up doing more, more harm than good. I think people love the status quo. And if it had been like this in the past that, that you know, they kind of group it by categories if you're tied – for 20 years everyone would be like yeah that that makes we can't change that but like, you would also be sick of them like dj being like god they always put team rose in the last group he doesn't he's not like there's why no room is, for all the fans yeah like no but like why is that guy you know it'd be like like randy be complaining like ricky always gets the bump right like that's bullshit i don't i'm sick of watching ricky not but pull again, through in the last group it'd be We're cowboys, talking about, cowboys giants yeah god i watch these guys every week exactly man. yeah Fuck. exactly america's team come <laughs> on man but we're talking about tiebreakers and we're talking about an already arbitrary system for tiebreakers that's where i'm at it's not i'm well, not let me ask you this are, are you voting thumbs up on this you seem like you're I on am the fence 51 up oh are you thumbs down I'm thumbs down then, we, then you don't have the votes so it's over vote uh, it down no 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 that's move not it how things work move here. move moving on I, I don't think you've given enough critical thought. Is what it would be my would be my. Take I think I just gave sure critical thought for five minutes. I, yeah, I'm sure I think you did. we just went went all. No, you just gave you just went non sequitur on my ass <laughs> with Ricky Fowler going to rerouting him. No, that that's stuff. what that was my point about like I don't trust the tour to like you know do it properly. I feel like they you know it's like ah, like I don't know they probably put your boy Finau in the last group and he 
continue to gas it. Do you want that? Maybe he doesn't need to be in the last Sure, group. I think that'd be entertaining. The, they'd probably put him in the second to last group, dude. Because he has it. Get him to squeak one out. Yeah. I think there's a... That's s- true. And he's not a... Yeah, he's barely a winner. So he's a winner. Get this guy out of here. Uh, you like uh, they, they they do this for the first... For Thursday and Friday rounds. They they make tea times like this, so... Sure. So you're just talking about for Saturday, not for Sunday. I'm talking about for Sunday. For the Sunday. Question okay. for Sunday. I think Saturday makes a lot of sense. A ton of sense. I, I, so I agree with you there. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that's where we can maybe find some compromise. Right. I yeah. think on Saturdays, that'd be great. But I, mean, I, I do think, I think Neil said this or, or maybe alluded to it is if the TV product, this is not even, I'm not even being sarcastic. If the TV product's good, it almost kind of like doesn't really matter who's paired yep. with who, you know? I forgot who was playing with, with who today, you know? And there's three, groups of three. I was like, uh, I kind of disagree with that. Unless uh, it's a shootout like at Troon or something. A match with, where it, guys are hitting matters. the same yeah. shots right next to each other, yeah. I think, means something. It, it, it probably it definitely helps if it's like a two-man rate. Like today, it was kind of a free-for-all until the very end. Or not, no, sorry, until Berger finished, right? Where it was like there was a bunch of, you know, like Cantlay was hanging around and Lashley was up there tied for the lead and it just felt like there was a ton of... Uh, they were, I guess, what I'm getting at. It felt like they were bouncing back and forth between different groups more so than normally when some some tournaments when it's one or two or three guys. And I'm not lumping you guys in this category, but I would. I just want to challenge people in general, like this, like the status quo of how things are, especially when things are very arbitrary. Like Ryder Cup points, the way they do it is so arbitrary. Yeah. So when it comes to Ryder Cup season, and you know when they make captains picks and. People legitimately make the argument of like, you can't, why wouldn't you pick the seventh guy on the points list? Well, the point list is stupid. Like, look at how they do it. Like, think about how they actually do it. I think it's kind of, I don't know the actual reason behind first in, last out, other than like having an actual protocol for doing it. I don't see like the competition reason for that. I, I don't, I don't know if that's the best option. I think it is totally fair to challenge that to be like, you know, maybe you do want a system that includes more underdogs in the last group, um, and it's not a Q rating thing, but it is fair to be like, why? Why is that the rule? Like, I, I almost think you could, uh, if you wanted to compromise further, you could put like a threshold of where you're going to manipulate the groupings and where you're not. Like outside the top twenty, starting the day, like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move some guys around because more guys are gonna be tied and all those things. Like that, I think you would get a lot more. Obviously, I don't have these numbers in front of me, but I would imagine going into a, you know, going into any round, you would have a lot more of, oh, Tiger and Phil are tied, but they're not paired together. Like, let's put them together types of moments. Whereas instead, it's like, oh, we've only had a very, very small handful of of those. So, But I imagine if I'm from the tour perspective, yeah, in that situation, am I like, oh, cross fingers behind the scenes, like hope we get the match. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think. Like, how silly is that? Yeah. Is where I'm at. Yes, if you want to, if they wanted to test this out, I, I, I just, I'm not very passionate about it either way. Yeah. I just think, and especially right now when there's no fans, when there, I would honestly think, yeah, let's test it out when there are fans because I, I think that's when it would actually matter. Is what I'm getting at. Yep, I'm, I'm with you there. Not a great week on the on the uh, on the scorecard for our guy Kamayu Johnson. Hope people got a chance to listen to the podcast this past week. As I was watching it, and I, I, I commend. I don't even have much more for Hamsterdam this week. Uh, but commend the way they covered it for Thursday and Friday, just covering his story. And like, it, it got me really thinking and, and listening to the interview. And I, I, this could be an hour long conversation, but I wanted to float the question to you guys. What are your thoughts on a minority exemption into every PGA Tour event? I know there's some complications come with invitationals, all that kind of stuff, but. I know you're throwing, you're throwing the questions around us. Let me ask you, what do you think about this? Cause you, you've talked to him. You, you had, you know, a little more insight. What, where are you at here to start while we're we're thinking about this? 
I would encourage people to think about this from the perspective of what it if the tour if the tour is very serious about more diversity, more inclusion in both PJ Tour golf and in the game of golf in general, I think it helps so much for the the more that like young minorities see minorities on television and like see this as a possibility that if this is an actual goal for you, this is a way to achieve it. So I would say that this is should be something that if it's not, I don't, it, it's weird. Like, I don't want to necessarily say a, a Rooney rule, but I think it's a question like the tour should work with every sponsor to be like for your unrestricted spots. What are your considerations for this? What do you think about this? What is your process? What process have you gone through mm-hmm. for diversity and inclusion in terms of what you want to do with these spots? I think now, you nailed it right there. Like, Working with the sponsor, yeah, to do it. I think it, with the sponsor exemptions, I think that's I would fully support that, right? Because they're already pretty, you know, a little black box ish. Like you don't really know what's going on. So I think having using those sponsor exemptions and and let's let's face it, like you know, farmers is getting a ton of, you know, it's uh, it's benefiting them. Kamayu Johnson's benefiting them, right? I mean, they are, they're kind of, you know, using it as a, as a marketing tactic. Right. And it's like, it's a win-win, but at the same time, like you could, it's good business, I guess is what I'm getting at. So it is win-win and it is, and you know, I, the, st- the stink factor wasn't really there that much with farmers, honestly, like in watching the, the interview with, uh, I forget Jeff Daly, I think the CEO of farmers with Kamayu and like how, like the reasonings why he gave him the exemption, it felt like, that. I don't know, that felt kind of good to me. Like it felt very real to me. Sure. And, and, and that was a, it was a feel good story. And it just got me thinking again, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated topic, but I think it is it, it, a process in place to like have more consideration around these things happening is great for golf. And I, you know what else I think would be good is golf. So far, so far behind on diversity and inclusion. It's like, yeah, let's like, that's a good idea. How about more ideas like that? So, okay. If that's, if someone disagrees with that, we'll give me another one. How, how are we going to get yeah more minorities to play golf? Also, again, shout out to Tallahassee. I was going to say, I, with I, I would, uh, and, and, and encourage, Jan. come on, encourage everybody to watch this week's strapped, which is at Hyleman golf course, which is where uh, Kamayu learned to play the game. He's roaming around in the woods as was well-documented, uh, I'm sure all over the telecast. Uh, it's where he was. He was swinging his stick, and he ran into Jan Auger, and she gave him a free bucket of balls, and was hooked for life. So go go listen to that podcast if you haven't. Solly, I, I thought you did an excellent one, job with the one thing interview. I would hope is you don't want it to be a guaranteed spot, and dudes are shooting 84, 86, right? Like that's that's not good for anybody. I guess is what I'm getting at. If it's a, gu- a guaranteed and it's check the box activity, I agree. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, you, I agree. I, I, there need to be some type like like let's do it right. Yes. But I I think there's enough good black golfers out there that we could get. Yes. Like this could this could be done properly. Well, especially and I, I think it's a you know going back to to strapped. You know, we're talking to Cameron Riley last week, who was a member of the the FAMU golf team, and he's talking about how well because I am ranked number five, you know, in the Advocates Pro Tour collegiate rankings. If I maintain that ranking, then I get all my Advocates Tour events paid for and I can travel that tour and it's a stepping stone, right? If you if you had, I have no idea how this works or what the depth looks like or what the finances look like or anything like that. But if you had some sort of partnership like that, whether it's with the Advocates Tour or with a collegiate program or with, you know, certain spots where, like you said, it's there's there's no shortage of 
you know, black golfers who can break par. There, there's very, very good players all, all over the country, all over the world that can do that. And it's, I think you would need some sort of infrastructure to figure out who those guys are. And like you said, it's, it's not someone that's going out and shooting 87 every week. But I think if you had that, like, you know, if you had that goal or you had that pathway, it, it keeps guys, it makes all those feeders stronger, right? You know what I mean? Like it, it, it makes the advocates tour better. It makes those collegiate programs better. It, it gives a light at the end of the tunnel to like, man, if I really bust my ass and win this advocates tour event, I get to play on the PJ tour. You know what I'm saying? It, it yeah. makes yeah. all those it's, stronger. It's almost as well. similar to like what we've said in the past if, as a company, like if we want to support like charity initiatives or diversity initiatives, it's like the, the initial and what I would incur, hope the tour wouldn't do if this was, you know, a serious convo would be, let's just start it from scratch. It's not that it's like there's already these the the AP uh, APGA APGA is already in place. Like work with the structures that are already there to be like, yo, how can we make your tour more valuable? More people want to play on it because they could potentially get a sponsor's exemption into X, Y, and Z PGA tour event instead and, of like let's just oh well, let's just give a you know the, a feel good story sponsorship every week. I think uh, so. I'm with you, Deej. I think you got to work within what. You got to work with what you already have out there. One, it's either either golf is forever going to be a rich and white man's game, or you can slowly chip away at it. Sure. And there's this is a way to slowly chip away at it. I like go listen to the Kamayu Pod. Go listen to ha- the story, the opportunities that were given to him, and think like, did any of us in this room, and we did not make it to professional golf, did any of us have to overcome any of those hurdles? Did we pick up clubs at 13 for the first time, never getting fit for clubs? Do, we didn't have that hurdle to overcome. So, like, he was not given the opportunities. If 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 you do want to change how golf looks, people like him and l- people that look like him and minorities need a better opportunity to get into the game. And it's something – and the reason why I think it's important to discuss is, like, it's something people have talked about for a very long time, and I don't know what the action is. And they, that might be on me. Maybe I haven't done enough research on what it is, but, like, Bringing this, bringing, you know, Kamayu into the event, bringing Willie Mack into events starts this conversation that we're having it now. And it's important. And I strongly believe that. So, and we would be remiss also if we didn't mention that, uh, you know, next week's the Genesis has done this for quite a few years. They've yes. done the, the Charlie Stifford exemption, which goes to a minority player every year. And so I think Willie Mack is playing yes. in Riviera as well. So there, there are definitely people who have done this and steps that have done this, but I think taking it to the next level would be, yeah, making sure and that there's something like that at each event. Last shout-out to Tallahassee. Shout-out to Florida A&M University, who will be on this upcoming strapped episode. Four of the top five ranked black golfers in the country on that team. Mm. The Rattlers? The Rattlers. You can hear them coming. Yeah. All right, a couple more things here before – man, we're going we're gonna to get close to two hours for uh, the third week in a row here. Just a lot, lot to discuss. Golf rules were back in the spotlight this week. I missed the Russell Knox thing today. I didn't get to see that. But Mav McNeely's ball uh, moved while he addressed it on the fifth hole. There was some video evidence that was viewed and determined that it, uh, he had caused his ball to move. Open question. Does If a player accidentally makes his ball move, do you guys think it should be a penalty? As the rules are written now, yes. Yeah. Do I do I think that sucks? Like, did I watch that? And I was like, ah, oh, man, that sucks. It's like, yeah, I, I do feel that way. But dang, you know, we gotta we gotta you know legislate a little bit. Then we gotta change change the laws. But but that's you know that's a penalty. Like, don't touch. You gotta maybe he's gotta think. Like, don't touch the grass there. My question: Why move it back 
if you're going to get penalized. What do you mean? So he had to replace his ball where it was. Oh, right. And take a penalty. Why wouldn't it just count as like a stroke? Like, no, you made the ball move. Like, that is your stroke. Yeah, I don't think that's. So, yeah, that that's, I would agree with you there. I think where I'm at, I have strangely like no feelings about this because I think I'm just generally confused. Like, if you listen to Berger during the, he was playing with Russell Knox today and Berger was even like, as the rules official was leaving, because I think the rules official had said with Russell Knox, like, no, you're, you're good. Like you didn't make it move or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. And then I guess they must've reversed that later. I was kind of doing some other stuff during the early part of the broadcast, but I did hear at least Berger was kind of like, all right, wait, like, wait a minute before you go. Like, I don't, I don't think I know what's going on here. Like, I don't think I know what the rule is. And so like, he's like, I'm not Russell. Like, I'm not trying to get you, you penalized. Killing my vibe. He's like, okay. I, I am not trying to get you penalized. He's just like, I, you know, like, I don't get it. Like I, yeah. what's going on. And that's exactly kind of how I feel. Whereas like the Mav thing and, and the Russell Knox thing, I'm like, yeah, I don't know how that's different than the Dustin Johnson and putter it's, thing. And, and it's like, a classic example of like, oh, do we have a video? If you have a video right. of it, you're screwed. But if we don't, or you know, you can't. It's like it, it is a little bit just inconsistent. It's inconsistent. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what because with rules like this, there's always something you're guarding against, right? So that like if Mavs ball moves like that and isn't a penalty, then like can a player bury his club underneath a lie? And if it moves, yeah. there's, there's nothing, there's right. no, there's no risk there, right? Well, it's like Rahm at Memorial. Like that's a penalty. Like he didn't mean to do it, but they penalized them after the fact. Like I don't have an issue with that rule. I do kind of think you have a point with like, they didn't make Rom go back and put his ball back, like right. and replay the hole. But he like, had a two shot penalty. Now I'm now I'm confused as to why his was two shots because he didn't put it back. Because he didn't put it back, right? Like he played it. Who could say? <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. And this is where I I don't know. I hate I hate to just kind of like throw my hands up rather than actually learn the rule, but it's just it's gotten so confusing what, that I'm just like, dude. I, what whatever, did Rand, man, Randy I said on no Twitter? Idea. He's like, man, I can't I can't <laughs> watching this this Mav thing. I can't believe this. This uh, something like this would turn off. This uh, sport's not wildly popular yeah. with the youth. <laughs> it's yeah. like nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows the rules. Quick Hamsterdam thing. Kevin Streelman had a putt for on for birdie on twelve today. <laughs> just to a, title just a very quick Hamsterdam on Sunday. It was the third shot we saw from him. Although they did bring to our attention through audio that he made an eagle on the tenth hole today. Uh, that was that was my only Hamsterdam thing. I I think CBS has been should be applauded for unbelievably beautiful shots. I think they've done awesome stuff with the drones. I think I thought the commentators have actually been pretty good. I think it's been totally fine. Way too many commercials, way too many commercials, way too many promos. I still have no flow. I still feel like a sucker for watching golf, but that's, I've come to peace with all those things. I have not. But where I struggle is just like, dude, all we've talked about, you brought the rules official in yesterday to talk about how we're moving the tees around. We're going, we're moving the tee up on number 10. First time we're using this tee box. It's going to be such an unbelievably awesome hole. We didn't see it until like the second to last group got there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Kevin Stroman made a fucking eagle there. He, <laughs> he holed out from like 115 yards to, to get to with what? Within yeah. one? Within two? It's like capitalizing on your dividends, it's man. Like, like, come you on, guys, dude. You, guys put some, you bought some stock in this and it's going to pay off. Yeah, exactly. And, and even thing. Golf Channel in the early early part of the coverage, we didn't even see 10 or... Like, God, that stuff just sets up the whole rest of the telecast. I've got, so much I got two Hamsterdam takes. Sorry, I'm not done. Okay, go uh, ahead. I thought you said you had one in, thing. It is one thing. Instead of seeing that eagle, 
we saw the Jim Nance like here's part of old Tom Morris's tie or some shit that like that was giving, pa- that was part they're of they're giving Jim Nance some award that nobody knows what the fuck it is and it's just like he's always winning awards I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. It's like dude, that's why we're upset. That's why we're upset. <laughs> so I got two just things. Get out of your own way, man. You're doing so much good stuff. To your point, that was literally happening simultaneously. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. One, uh, a lot of commercials, but one specific commercial, the AT and T commercial with the the. <laughs> You know, their girl in the AT&T store. I'm not a golfer. I don't play golf. Oh, it's like, ah, man, you know what? Why you got like, <laughs> is it you, you? You're basically just asking for 90% of viewers to be like, I hate, like, I hate that. I hate it. Like, I hate it when people are like, I don't get this sport. It's like, you're just bugging me. And you're showing me that commercial like 18 times. Like that's whoever AT&T's agency is, whoever came up with that concept should lose their job, or at least they should not be on that account anymore because clearly they don't understand the demographic who's watching the tournament. Like, this, that's not a good commercial for avid golf fans. Not not to uncork a larger discussion, but this keeps going back to so many of the things we say where it's just like, man, does everybody involved with this sport fucking hate this sport? I know. It's like, you're. why, <laughs> like, are, you, dude, why are you doing that? I don't think that's funny. I think that's insulting. God. I think that commercial is dumb, and I don't like it. And my second take on the coverage is the coverage has gotten better, but there's a lot of little, like, almost passive-aggressive things, like Nance on 18. They had, like, the drone shot. Oh. He goes, oh, look at that angle. <laughs> just, like, somebody acknowledge it. You know, like, you can just hear it in his voice. Like, he's just kind of s- trying to call it out. Like, look, at see? See what we're doing? Like, look at this drone angle. You know, it's like, what? Well, you can't start, you know, scratching your own back, bud. Not only that, he said, uh, you know, drone images we've never seen before from Pebble Beach. Yes. It's like, no, no, Fox literally did this <laughs> two years ago. Like, they invented the drone at Pebble Beach. Like, like they, you were actually went in the booth, Jim, and talked about the amazing drone images with there, with them. Uh, so that was that was my my hamster jam thing. But it, it whatever they praise progress, praise progress. I, I think the positives have wildly outweighed. The yeah, negatives. it seems like they're yeah. trying, and I think the effort. I appreciate the yeah. effort. They've improved enough that they are not sticking out as being a true weakness in golf coverage. Now, after how bad NBC was last week, now I'm like, honestly, I don't care who has it this week. Just do whatever. Do I have a big problem with the overall structure of both of both of them? Of course, but like they're at least now you know indifferent from each other. So, uh, Sun Kang and Joel Damon were paired today <laughs> together today. Did you see the quote from uh, Gino Pinelli? Go ahead, read uh, for us. I don't it. have it pulled up, but he he basically said we got to the first tee and uh, Sung said to Joel, "quote uh, My friends told me I should push you off a cliff." <laughs> Which is they were on ten T, so or he 10T, was on yeah, the cliff. Sorry, so, uh, so that, what do you of think course, Joel said I, I think your drop was scummy. That of course <laughs> goes back to where was that? Quicken Loans, I think. Potomac, yeah. TPC Potomac, about hopefully Sun Joel Kang, said something like that. Uh, taking what Joel claimed to be a very cavalier drop, and that's been going on for about two years. So they were paired together, dude. Today. It's not personal, but you took a scummy drop. Gino then, of course, followed up and said, "We actually, you know, everybody laughed it off, and we had a good time." One of the follow-ups to that tweet is, would he tell the cops he pushed him over at a spot about 100 yards in front of the actual spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he went in over there. I don't it know why. It could have been me. I was why, way up here. You can't find the body. I yeah. don't know why, you know? That's from Bobby B. Uh, o. 1990. Uh, not to steal that one, but that was That's, that's a, a strong that's really reply that's right really there. Um, anything else you guys have uh, as we wrap this? Uh, I would say, what, just pose a question to you guys. Favorite mansion surrounding Pebble Beach? <laughs> I was thinking about this today. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, only because I can't remember any others. It's got to be the Qualtrics Mansion, right off, right off 18 Fairway. I was gonna say TC alerted me to one out behind. I think it's 10 Green, where the guy's been doing like nonstop renovation because he's trying to avoid like 
the prenup from kicking in, <laughs> like where he's got to like sell the house or something. So anyway, I thought that, you know, you just, I, whenever I see these big houses, the first thing I think is like, what, what do you guys do? <laughs> like what, what's your story? Like all, especially up that like 11, I think that guy 12, was a bit, I think 13. I asked about that guy and he was a, like a big developer, land developer, if I remember right. Yeah. That, but like those, but those houses towards the back of the property, I think are like, that's where I'm like, what do you guys do? I would do you know, it. like Chuck Schwab and all the boys sure. are up front. Like, I don't need, you know, you got your chipping ranges and stuff. Like, yeah, cool. We see you. But the guys in the back of the property, that's like the quiet money in a way. You're like, whoa. Uh, I would give a, a shout out to the Trap Draw this week with Joanne Dost, uh, all about Carmel, Monterey, the whole, the peninsula. Uh, one fact I always forget is it's either Carmel or Carmel by the sea, or I don't know how those are different or if they're different, but one of them doesn't have addresses, uh, which she goes into great detail describing about how the houses all have names. So the post office, like the, the post worker has to, has to figure out what the name of the house is and match it up to it. It's just, that's truly like creating issues and answering (laughs) answering questions. Nobody's asked. Nobody would ask. Nobody asked. But that always, always tickles me. Every, every year Pebble. I just remember when we were out there for tour sauce, season three like parking the rv there it was like whoa i feel really out of place yeah, we stuck out just a yeah, bit. yeah definitely you guys good great i'm hungry great. i'm ready for yeah. dinner yeah uh, this was a great great discussion thank you both for hey being here. just like the tournament today like you know kind of not a strong field but it kind of ended you know i think it, it you, you it, know if you focus on the golf i think you, you still turn out a pretty good product yeah so you know, great podcast you know, in your own right the, the top 10 will be back next week don't worry Solly, thank you for podcasting alongside Nate Lashley and Tom Hogan here. <laughs> Even though the prize money wasn't as big, you you know, I think you, you, you still did a good well, job. Well, Solly's an AT&T we ambassador. That's why, he, was, that's why yeah, he had to fly this I, I week. I don't play golf. <laughs> we would have repaired the pairings there for that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It would have been you and Max and Bacon. Be, and me and Neil wouldn't have, we, we would have been toiling we could, away. We couldn't have worked on our craft exactly. at all. Like now you're going to. You just you're proved gonna, the whole point. You're, yeah, you're going to let the whole, like all boats rise now. Exactly. You know, you're, we're only as strong as our weakest link. That's right. I might just actually cut you off in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect 